Don't stop them now. Do not. The Miami Hurricanes are a shooting star leaping through the sky like a racing car traveling at the speed of light. All right, maybe that's a little overdramatic, but doesn't the situation call for superlatives after the Hurricanes won a third straight game on Saturday? It started putting a little bit of a better mood on the 2019 season. Aren't you having a bit of a good time watching the Canes these days? 
being a Canes fan. Louisville was the latest Miami victim, following Florida State and Pittsburgh. A lot still has to happen for the Canes to win the ACC Coastal. Probably way too much to ask. But at least Miami has a chance to finish 8-4, and four, put a smiley face on what was a pretty dire situation just a few weeks ago. And you know what? Is it really all that bad to avoid playing Clemson this year, considering the current situation? So we're going to talk about all of that and more tonight on this new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. I welcome you once again to Kane Sport Live, presented again this year by everybody's favorite restaurant chain by now, Sicilian Oven Restaurants, with those six locations throughout the South Florida area. You go to Sicilian Oven, you'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Over 100 open phone lines. As always, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I want to hear from some new callers tonight. I want to hear from some positive callers tonight. We keep getting messages on the message boards saying the guys that call in every week are too negative. Well, call in and make it positive. We're open to everybody. 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We once again asked subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. And um, we will address those as we typically do throughout the course of the show. So let's start tonight by quickly laying out the scenario for Miami winning the Coastal Division of the ACC. For those of you that are still engaged in that quest with Miami sitting here with three conference losses. And let's also talk about bowl possibilities with one conference game remaining. All right, the Canes still sit at fourth in the Coastal tonight behind Virginia, Pittsburgh, and Virginia Tech. Um, But that figures to change for the better in the coming weeks. If Miami wins at Duke, all these teams are playing each other and probably going to take turns knocking each other off, build some notches in that lost column. Not sure where the Canes will end up at the end of the day, but uh, it does figure to get better. But either way, winning the Coastal is a long shot because of all these things that need to happen. The Canes need North Carolina to beat Pitt and then lose their final game to NC State, which probably right there is not going to happen. The Canes also need Virginia Tech to lose to Georgia Tech. Could happen, never know. In addition to Pittsburgh, so that they get the four conference losses because Miami does not win any tiebreakers with Virginia Tech. And then after eliminating Virginia Tech with those losses, they need to beat Virginia in their regular season finale, November 29th at UVA, to get Virginia to three losses. And Miami does win a tiebreaker with Virginia. The Canes also need Pitt to lose to North Carolina this week and or at home against Boston College on November 30th to get them to three losses. So all kinds of stuff needs to go on here. Um, Probably wouldn't worry about it for another week or two. 
let's see where it, you know where how it all falls. Canes will probably be out of it by the last week of the season when they go to Duke, but uh, you know we'll see how how that goes. A better focus would be Miami's bowl landing spot. First choice for the Canes would obviously be the Orange Bowl. Um, the team to watch there, I think, is Wake Forest, which is presently sitting at seven and two and in a pretty good spot to get to the Orange Bowl. Clemson, which Wake plays on Saturday, is most likely obviously going to the ACC championship game. Wake Forest will not, but they could be sitting there as a three-loss team potentially at the end of the day, and that would best position them for the Orange Bowl ahead of the Canes, who would have four losses at that point. Wake Forest, in addition to Clemson, must still play Duke and Syracuse. So Syracuse has not won a league game this year, as astonishing as that is after the type of team they were the past couple years. Um, Duke potentially could beat Wake Forest, which would knock them to four losses in the conference. And then if Miami can beat Duke, they're both sitting there with four losses. And at that point, I think the Orange Bowl might choose Miami over Wake Forest because it would mean stronger ticket sales, better television ratings. If the Canes do not end up in the Orange Bowl, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to get passed up for the next slot, which is the Camping World Bowl in Orlando. For starters, Miami played in Orlando at the beginning of the year. And then the the other bigger issue is that Notre Dame at that point would probably be, you know, probably a three-loss Notre Dame, you know, two or three-loss Notre Dame. I don't know that they'll make it into any of the the main bowl games, so they could be sitting there for Orlando, and Orlando would certainly jump at getting Notre Dame. So then the Canes would fall into the pool of the next tier of ACC Bowl alliances and get sent to Nashville, Charlotte, or El Paso, most likely, with an outside shot at the Pinstripe Bowl. But they were at the Pinstripe Bowl last year, so probably unlikely to get a sign there two years in a row. So if you were going to make a bet tonight, I would say Miami goes to Nashville, Charlotte, or El Paso. We'll see how it shakes out here. Um, once we get into December. That gives you a pretty good feel for where things stand. All right, this is also a good time to address one of the questions that was submitted this week by the members at canesport.com. Is what we have seen the last three games real or is it an aberration? And that's a question that I've been getting a lot in emails, phone calls. Everyone wants to say, hey, what's up with the Canes? You know, all of a sudden, the season that was falling apart, they've won three in a row. Uh, what's going on? So my answer, I think, would be, can it be somewhere in the middle? I mean, it's never an aberration when a team improves as a football season progresses. And without question, The Hurricanes have improved over the last month. But they were still very fortunate to win at Pittsburgh. Great job by Jaron Williams coming off the bench. Hadn't played in a little bit. Made that great pass to K.J. Osborne, who broke the tackle, took it into the end zone. And the Canes were able to get out of Pittsburgh with a victory. And you know what? They would do a break like that because they had enough misfortune in those losses earlier in the season. 
And you know my the way I feel about this. I think they even out. You win some, you lose some when you're in this middle of the pack situation that Miami has been in now for 16 years. And, uh, you know, you're not going to win them all. You're not going to lose them all. That was Miami's turn to win. So then you come back next week. You go to Florida State. Back-to-back road games, never easy. But the Florida State offensive line could not begin to match up with Miami's defensive line. And that tilted that game in Miami's favor. If you look at it, the, the rest of the game was relatively, you know, closely contested. It was really that the fact that Florida State couldn't sustain any type of offense whatsoever because Miami's defensive line was constantly wreaking havoc in their backfield. So the Canes won two in a row there. Last week, Hard Rock Stadium, they get Louisville whose defense could not match up against Miami's skill athletes. They were just too slow. I mean, you saw, I mean, Wiggins and, 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 and Harley were just running right by him. There's a reason why those were the two receivers being targeted in the game plan. They're the two fastest receivers on the Miami roster, along with Jeff Thomas, who for some reason was kind of invisible in, in that game. And I don't really understand why. He didn't have one catch. But they also only ran 50 plays had those quick scores, deep passes. So, you know, everybody couldn't really get to eat in that situation. And I'm guessing they got favorable matchups with Wiggins and Harley. And that's why Williams was looking for those guys. But uh, so two weeks in a row, the matchups I felt dictated the games and gave Miami its two best real advantages of the season. I mean, all the other games were very close. You couldn't point to any one thing that gave Miami a huge edge in those other games, but you could against Florida State and Louisville. So an aberration? No, it's not an aberration. Um, but, you know, I, 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 do, I do think it's a lot closer to real than an aberration. And uh, the team is better than it was earlier in the season. The offensive line is better and more experienced now. They're being called for fewer penalties. Jaron Williams is playing at a higher level since he entered the game in the fourth quarter at Pittsburgh. So, yeah, what we've seen the last three weeks is real, not an aberration. But it also should not be interpreted, in my opinion, that everything is suddenly hunky-dory in hurricane land in the big picture. The problems that we've talked about all season that we felt existed – I don't believe have gone away. I mean, the program still has a long way to go to get where everybody wants it to be. And that is competing for championships, both in the ACC and at the national level. And right now this roster is not close to that. And a lot of work is left to be done. So it's going to be interesting to hear what you guys think tonight. So let's go out to your calls again, the number five, six, three, nine, 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 three, six, three, three. 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 941 tonight. Greg is not first. You're on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hey, Gary. Wow, this is Meister Kane. That's unusual. What's up, Meister? You you beat him to the punch tonight. I beat him to the punch. I can't believe it. I'm shocked. I'm sure he's, he's out there listening and he's seething right now. 
Oh, oh, sorry, Greg. I didn't mean to step on your toes there, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So what you got, Mike? All right, before we get to football, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, uh, Chris and Carlos. I met them at the uh, stadium at the the tailgate there, and uh, they said that uh, uh, they they told me where to get the tent. And... uh, Carlos said, hey, I know you. You're Mikester Kane. You're on the Kane Sport Live. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, I recognize your voice. So I, I said, yeah, I guess I'm a little famous, aren't I? He says, yeah, yeah, listen to your show. I listen to Gary's show uh, every Tuesday night. So uh, big shout-out to Carlos. Uh, take care of yourself there, buddy. And, uh, sure, I appreciate that. Thing too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he will. And another thing, too, uh, great song, by the way, uh, Queen. My new fiancé loves Queen. And oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but we talked about uh, proposing on the show and how I could uh, get down on the field to propose to her. Well, it didn't quite work out because uh, Daniela White, the one I got in contact with, she said all the events were filled up for the season, and I'd have to wait another Aww. year to try to get a slot in. But that's all right. So That's ridiculous. Well, it's yeah. shame, shame on Danielle. I mean, that that is ridiculous. Okay, with with all with all that nonsense they throw out there on the field every time out the entire game, right. I cannot believe that they couldn't fit the Mikester Kane in to pro- propose to his fiance. That is unbelievable. Or well, future. Yep. That's what they said. She said she was so sorry in the email, but you know, well, it is what it is. You know, you always can't get what you want in life, so we just had to deal with it. So I proposed somewhere else, and now we're engaged, and we're going to be married next year. Well, congrats! Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In the middle of football yeah. season? You wait, wait, wait. You're getting married in the middle of football season? Oh yeah, yeah. We got to do it, man. We got to do it. We got to get married. We're going to get married on the beach, dude. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, it's it's cool. Cool. I, I guess we'll have to catch you up on the Canes game that weekend. You'll call you'll, you'll call in from your honeymoon on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll call you and say, "Hey, Gary, here I am. I'm uh, somewhere." Well, we haven't decided yet. But anyway, okay. Hawaii, um, maybe. Maybe you go go to Hawaii. What do you think? Maybe. Well, maybe maybe to Europe or. Something like yeah, that, maybe. Yeah, I went to Europe on my honeymoon. That was a that was a power move. All right, Mikester, what you got, okay, man? Well, let's talk football. Let's talk football. Anyway, uh, great job to Taylor Stubblefield, in my opinion. That uh, receivers I thought have improved on catching the ball, especially D. Wiggins. You know, no drop passes. You know, with 23 miles an hour and catching the ball can be very dangerous, especially for next year. You know, that's what I think. And uh, the other thing, too, is uh, with with D. Wiggins, Brevin Jordan, Jeff Thomas, we're looking at a three-headed monster for next year. So a lot of positives are going to come out of my mouth. And I think we're going to have a monster running attack for next year as well. Now, what about the linebackers? In your opinion, Gary, fill me in on what we can do about the linebacker situation as far as next well, year, because I know we're going to be losing uh, Pickney and Quarterman there. Yeah. Well, I think Zach McLeod coming back averted a major disaster, quite frankly. Uh, you know, he gives them somebody that's played a lot of football, understands Manny Diaz's defense. So they only play with two linebackers most of the time because they play with the striker a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that. 
I, I think that now, you know now you, you you could take the best out of Brooks and Joyner and 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 make them the other starter, but you at least have one guy that you know is stable and knows what the heck he's doing out there. And I just think that is massive. I don't understand why they didn't think of that before the season started, but uh, who cares? Yeah. You know, it's a great it's a great move. And you know, I think that this red shirting that's going on right now is the best thing that Manny that's Diaz is doing as head coach. That's going to help. That's going to help tremendously. I can tell well, you that it's, right it's, now. They're building the roster. It, it's, it's, it, they're building the roster, which, which is so badly needed. This team must at some point get, get older. So you're not playing freshmen all the time, every single year. Right. And, right. Um, you know, the red shirting is going to help a lot. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I I see Manny making the effort. You know, he's trying. He's trying to, you know, change and turn this program around. So maybe maybe Blake James isn't that wrong after all. But you know, some people might not agree with me on saying that. But we'll see, right? You got to see how the how next year goes. Exactly. You know, if and, if, if next if next year is the same as this year you know, concerns are going to be legit. Right. You think it's going to be better next year or do you think? Oh, it's going I, to be I have no idea. I mean, I, you know, we don't even know Just who's going to be on the roster yet. We don't know who, who might leave early. We don't know who might transfer. We got to see who ends up in the signing class and, and how they look in spring practice. And, you know, there's so many variables to still be sorted mm-hmm. out before, before we start trying to predict what's going to happen next year. But this year, quite honestly, has gone close to as I expected. Um, I said really? nine and three before the year. I wasn't counting on the kicker blowing games. Um, but, you know, I, fig- I figured that, you know, they would lose a few, you know, they would lose to Florida and then lose a couple more times in the ACC. Right, 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 right. Got you there. So I forgot what I was going to say. Crap, lost it, lost it right out of my head. Oh, don't you hate that? <laughs> All right, well, uh, you could save it for next time. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Well, I'll get off the show here, and I'll think of it, and I was like, oh, damn, I forgot to tell him that. <laughs> so, um, well, anyway, we'll let uh, Greg get on the phone here with you. and. Uh, I don't think he's second either. No, he's going to be seething for a while tonight. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where he where he where he lives. Uh, you know what? I look looks. I think he's third. So we're going to have to wait another few minutes for Greg. But anyways, That's Mike, sir, thanks for thank you for calling in, man. All right, appreciate appreciate you getting us week, started. Right? Have a great night. Yeah. All right. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. In the number two hole tonight is our old buddy, Mr. Everything305, who I know went to the game this week and must at last finally, finally have something positive to say. What's up, Everything? How are you doing this week? Gary, how are you, my friend? Doing good, doing good. You got You got to have something. You you had to see some positive sitting there at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday. I, I saw a lot of positive. I, I saw a lot of positive. A lot, a lot of reasons to, to be somewhat hopeful. But um, uh, you know, I wasn't able to call last week due to a family emergency. But uh, very fortunate to be here tonight, get a chance to, to share some thoughts with you. So I appreciate your time. Uh, I want to want to give a special shout out to a lot of the uh, people on the board. 
that are always attacking those of us who understand the game, who understand what really is in front of us, and who live in uh, basically what I call blind-ass blind fan world, BAF world. For all you BAFs out there, including Kush and a bunch of others out there who always attack those who come on this show, but never have the balls to call in. So if you're listening, call in. I would love to spend five minutes dissecting your minimal lack, your minimal brain, whatever it is that you have, because you have nothing to offer this program. You have nothing to offer the board, and you don't even go to games. But anyway, those wow. of you out there, you haters. That's a pretty, uh, that's, that's a pretty sharp please. attack there. I hope he calls. Well, I hope he calls in and rebuts that. I hope Woo. he has the balls to call in. But he, he's he's a bap anyway. He's one of those jock sniffers that never played the game, never had anybody play the game. Who are you talking game. about? He has no idea. He's you talking about E. Cushing? But let's, oh my God! Please, what a joke. But let's continue right. here, Gary. Go ahead. You want me? You want me to be honest? Well, it, it's funny. I've been telling you this all year long. Uh, most of your comments and or your opinions are pretty much in line and parallel with the things I've been mentioning for the last year and a half. And when you look at this roster, there are maybe two to three difference makers that are legitimate NFL, either day one or day two, early day two picks. That's all that's here. There's nothing there's else no, here. There's, there's no so, doubt about it. Um, I saw a stat today that I'll throw out there right now real quick because it supports what you're saying. Um in, let's look at the LSU-Alabama game from Saturday, okay? Including the two quarterbacks who, as everybody knows, Tua um, and um, – oh, my God, my mind just went Blake on the LSU. Burrow, the, the LSU. Yeah, Joe, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay, so those two guys are going to be at the top of the draft. Everybody knows that, okay? Um, so if you include those two, there were 10 players on the field – who ranked among the top 25 players that are expected to be drafted in April. And there were 17 players expected to be taken in the top 100 or the first three rounds. How many, how many players do you think Miami is walking out of here with this season that are projected right now to be taken in the top three rounds? There's zero. Zero. Unless Trayvon Hill elevates in the, you know, in the workouts after the season in the senior bowl. And he has a chance, a gamble. but, a gamble. but yeah, that, I agree. Pete, they're going to probably look at him as too big of a gamble. Um, we do not have one player with that kind of status. There were, there were between the two teams. Um, there were 17. Okay. Uh, and I, I say this, you know, because it may be more and maybe more, but, the, but, but, you know, that's what it's looking like right now. And this is where Miami wants to go. Miami wants to get back to being Alabama, get back to being what LSU is, is, is transforming themselves into, get back to being what Clemson is. That, that's supposed to be the goal of the program, right? Okay, so, so that, that's, the reason I bring those, those numbers up is because I think it, it just shows clear as day how far away we are as we sit here tonight. Okay, and, and to you me, and you can it's be like, a pretender now, Gary. You could be a pretender like Minnesota right now is a pretender. No doubt. And eventually reality will catch up to them in the next week or two. And that's yeah, no doubt. At best and we were a pretender in 2017. We were a pretender Absolutely. in 2017. But, and, the, and but, the, but the point is, I think it shows how much work is to be done. And, 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 I, and it certainly supports why I personally am always harping on recruiting. I think it all starts with recruiting. 
Got to be able to get some elite football players like the one that visited this past weekend um, who probably is not going to come, but those are the type of players that you need to get into the program to start reversing this tide a little bit. But the only way to get on that national uh, stage to be able to get these top-tier kids and keep the top-tier ones home is you got to cheat, and we're not going to cheat. And anybody that says that that's not See, I don't agree with you. I don't that agree with you. Look at, Bur- look at Burrow. Do you remember? Look at Burrow. Look at look at look at look at look at Burrow. He transferred. Okay, but okay, but do you think Burrow? You put Burrow here at Miami. You think we're better? Our record's any better this year? Not much. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I disagree. Oh, what are you kidding me? With you, don't think that he play. plays better than Nicosi and Jaron in those first six think, games this year? I think you put him here in this team. And I don't think he's even playing right now because he's probably on, you know, on the injured reserve or something. It's probably hurt. The guy's, the guy's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, he, so, he, 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 I he mean, stands there surrounded with all that talent. But you put a guy like that here and the talent around him, like you just said, 17, at least 70 kids, top-tier kids, we don't have that. So one guy is all you got to beat, and that one guy playing quarterback, hey, man, with an offensive line this bad, he wouldn't have survived here. You know, but look but at what my, my well, look at what getting, Tim Tebow meant to Florida when when Florida was was getting going under Urban Meyer. Look what Tim Tebow meant four, to them. He had four, he had four first round offensive linemen in front of him. Gary, it makes a difference. It's what you just said. You don't want to go back and contradict yourself. You've got to have massive talent assembled on one side of the ball and with complementary pieces. And on the other side of the ball, it's got a compliment with what your offense does. That's football today. That's college football today. So a, a team like Minnesota, that's all we're ever going to be. We'll hang in there, and when it's time to play against the big dogs, we don't have it us, and we won't hang in there. And if we do get lucky enough to get to the Final Four, you think we can win two games? Two big top-tier games? You can't. You won't have enough depth. You won't have, you won't have enough uh, uh, enough healthy bodies to sustain that throughout the entire of the year. Look at the numbers we have right now. We just lost another kid today. This roster keeps kids keep leaving. Kids don't keep coming in, and the top tier kids don't. They're not coming, and the top tier kids locally are not staying. And what you said earlier today on, on the board, it was a straight money. A polarizing figure needed to be hired, and I tell you right now. Chris Ball would be our head coach right now. I don't think we had the same record. I think we have a much better record, at least by a game or two. And I think right now we have a top five class. I'm just telling you the truth. You have to have an alpha in that spot, in that chair. Otherwise, hey, you could be like Wake Forest and, you know, one year win 10, 11 games. You could do that. Well, you, you know, if, if, if Manny's going to make it, Manny's going to have to – if Manny's going to make it, he has to figure out how to be. He has to, you know, morph into an alpha. I totally agree with you. And, and you know, Manny hasn't been an alpha in his career, and he's going to have to quickly become one, or else and, the, you know and, the conversations yeah, are going to be the same. That's not going to happen anytime soon. And, and then what? We're well, but the, but you got to but the winning the the winning doesn't hurt. Okay, stringing these three wins together, it, it's not going to be a game changer, but it certainly reverses the tide that was moving in the other direction. Would you agree with that? I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because what? if you can't if you can't beat the bottom the bottom of the barrel, if you can't beat two teams that were like low tier teams, 
that's that's the impression you leave with me. Like a kid like the kid from uh, MacArthur, Hippolyte, okay? He's been there just about every game, and we're still playing games with this kid. We can't win enough to have these guys say, hey, we're going in the right direction. We're trending in the right direction. The masses are not there, and they're not going to come. You might get one or two, but it's not enough. The DJ Ivies of the world, those are nice complimentary players. Al Blades is a nice complimentary player. The type of kid we need to get, a James Williams in 2021, those are the kids you've got to keep. Must get. You know, Patrick Sertain, he, that, ago, that kid's a must. Yeah. And if you don't, and I can tell you, they're not going to get him because we're not involved. We're not at that echelon of college football because we're not going to cheat. I, I told you a story way back in May, and Kush was one of the first guys on here to attack me, and some other guys, the same morons, the same baths. When I said what I saw at the Miami Herald All County Awards, and what Harris that Harris kid did that day to Banda was such crap right in front of me, and I was attacked. And everything I said came to fruition. Romanus, what did he do? And that's just one. You talking about Donnell Harris? Yeah. What did and he that, do? You know why he went to Texas A&M? I told you. I told what did he do? At that okay, but what, what, did, he what do? did he do he at the Herald paid. event? What did he do at the Herald I mean, event? He, he snuffed him. He snuffed Banda. I, I, I mean, look, go back to the, 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 the message boards. He snuffed him. Went over twice and out of him. He fucking walked away from him twice. And then, and, this, and then left the event. He hmm. snubbed him. And I, and, I, and I put that on the board. Boy, was I attacked on. You got involved. Hey, All right. Well, but, 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 let's, but, but, but let's, let's try to put a – let's try to figure out if there's any type of positive spin in this. So you win three games in a row, okay, and you have an open week. So presumably the coaches are going to be on the road this weekend quite a bit. You know, they're, they're going to go to they're going to they're going to go to different games. They're going to be out there and they don't have to be embarrassed to wear the U on their chest. Like, you know, they, they, they beat Florida State. They've won three straight games. They're now six and four and they can feel comfortable saying, you know, we've turned this thing around. We've got it moving in the right direction. Our offensive line's playing better. Um, we've brought this walk on kicker in. He's not missing as many kicks. Our our we're, our. Our team is just playing better all around football. We feel very positive about where we're going. So, like, you know, that's the, that's the happy way of looking at it. And I think right now that's all everyone's choice is. But, you know, but let's make no mistake. I mean, the, the, the challenge that's out there is enormous uh, to get to the point where everybody wants to see this thing go. Okay, so you're bringing this point up about – the coach being out there this week recruiting hard, going out to watch practice, at least a practice, or, or and not just a practice, but maybe stopping by. I don't think there's contact right now, but there is eval, if I'm not mistaken. So that, oh, so they're doing that this week. A guy like Hickson, which uh, Calvin has come on here many times with Bruce, and just had shared so many great uh, things about this guy. That guy can't even deliver uh, the Knighton kid from uh, Deerfield, where Restrepo's already at. He can't even d- deliver that kid, Eric Hickson. There's another guy that can't. Well, it's not over yet. In. in fairness, it's not, it's not over, over yet. yet. Gary, the kid made it clear. He ain't coming here. He ain't coming here. He's not coming. He's going to Florida or he's going out of state. He's not coming here. And if Odell is able to write the ship, which, hey, let's, by the way, let's give Odell some credit because 
uh, anytime you play a BC team up, up at BC on that handkerchief, uh, that, 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 that handkerchief 19 game day, man, it's hard to win up there on that day. And they, they build off a great way. You got to give them credit, especially Odell, but he might end up back over to Florida state if anything, but he's not coming here. Locally, we have failed miserably recruiting. I meant it to you way back in April and May. Well, I don't think anybody will argue that. was falling apart recruiting wise. When the Munoz kid, committed. Now you might tell me, well, Munoz is only a 5.5. Hey, I tell you what, one of the kids that got called after the Alabama game in the first hour was Munoz. How about that one? That kid's going to LSU. We fucked that up. We, we, have, we have missed on all these local kids. And it's embarrassing. So, yeah, we might be able to beat a defunct Louisville team and still give up 500 yards. We might be able to beat a Florida State team in a very meaningful game. We squeaked the win out in, in Pittsburgh. Hey, it is what it is. You won. That's all that matters. But the t- if you're going to tell me that that we're trending in the right direction, that this is real, no, man, it's a facade. This team will probably go to Duke and lose. <laughs> and people are here. Our fan base is it's just insane. Three weeks ago, we're talking about this guy getting fired. And, you know, the world's over. Now we're going to the goddamn Orange Bowl. Come on, man. You got to be realistic. I got news for you. With with one less bad loss, I think we would be almost a lock for the Orange Bowl. I I don't disagree with you. That's how that's how close these things are. Those two bad losses. Those two bad losses let you know you are what your record is. But the Orange Bowl would still rather rather have Miami than Wake Forest. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna but they but (laughs) but they but they got to be able to justify it, you know. So well, I I don't I don't see it happening, but. I just want to share that with you. One more thing to talk about the ability of our athletic director to go out there and raise funds and, and, and do all the things. Uh, this past Saturday, as I told you, I, I am, I'm no longer buying season tickets. I'm no longer donating. I am done with the University of Miami until this. All right, now let me fire. let me ask let me stop you. What does that accomplish? How what does that help that the pro- How does that how does that help the program? When you're 62 plus years old and every penny is meaningful to you. It accomplishes a lot. I got a family of at least 16, 17 people that go to games off and on. I buy six to eight tickets a year. I'm done doing all that. And I'm going to tell you why I'm done doing that. This university is a joke. This administration is a joke. There is no reason to keep someone who cannot make the best decisions for the football program at at the helmet, in charge of athletics at the university. It's ridiculous. I mean, we're, we're going to be a mediocre 8-14 and 14 th- for the next three or four years, five years, maybe even worse than that, when a guy who played here, who won a championship here, who's learned how to be a great head coach, and isn't there yet, but goddamn, he's, he's making more progress. Uh, but, but, in, but in fairness, in, in fairness, and I, I'm as big of a Mario guy as you are, we don't know for sure that that would happen. We think it would. But we don't know for sure. Uh, I know and, this much. I know, Man- I know Manny's not going to do anything. I know well, Manny's we don't know that either. Anything. We don't know that either. Oh, so uh, uh, you know, I think now you just got to let it play out a little bit. All right, everything. Uh, well, listen. We uh, let you, it you, play you, out. We're agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, it's always going to be all about the you. And unfortunately, we've got a moron running our athletic department. Have a great night, guys. All right, everything. Wow, man, he. I don't know how he does. Like he always, he always finds a way to 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 turn it all negative. I mean, 
the the unfortunate thing is that everything he's been saying for years has been 100% spot on. That's what that's that's what I wrestle with. I mean, the guy has been right. We don't like it. We don't like the way he delivers his message. I mean, you don't see him posting on the message board anymore. I mean, we don't we don't like we don't like the way he communicates. I mean, he comes on here and the, he starts the call, calling out E Cushing. I mean, where'd that come from? What's that got to do with anything? So he's got a communications issue, that guy. There's no doubt about it. Um, his bedside manner is horrendous. If he were a surgeon and you needed your heart fixed, you would say, I don't care, and you would run in the other direction. There's no question about it. But he does. He has been right. I mean, he has been right. And, and you know, we, it, it, it's – it's unfortunate, but he has been right. And uh, if he's correct in his prognostications for the next few seasons, and they are four or five lost seasons the next couple of years, um, I think it's going to get a little antsy out there. I think um, you know people are a little impatient. I think we found that out this year. The noise has been quieted significantly because of the three wins. You know, you still have your everything 305s um, out there. I'm sure Greg's going to give us the business here in a minute. But, uh, you know, you still have your, you know, your, your guys that are a little annoyed and angry out there who are going to maintain their voice. But uh, if if the next couple seasons are like this one and, and we're still losing Georgia Tech and, um, you know, these teams – it's gonna it's gonna get get a little interesting, and and I think he won't be the only. He'll have company in the upset department. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I think we've uh, kept Mr. Greg holding long enough, but Greg, you really did land in the number three spot tonight. But the, your time has come. You are now live on Kane Sport okay. Live. How, how you doing this evening? I'm great, Gary. I was asleep at the wheel tonight, so yeah. I well, the th- th- thank God everything 305 didn't throw you under the bus like he did E Cushing. And I'll tell you, I, I can't I, wait to see if E Cushing uh, takes him up on his challenge and has the balls, as he says, to call in tonight. I hope he uh, does. Well, you you failed to ask everything about. Florida State blowing us out two weeks ago. What was his explanation for that? You didn't ask him that. But anyway, that's a, that, no, that's a damn good point. Hold on for a minute. Everything, you still there? You still there, man? Everything. My friend, yes, my friend, go ahead. Okay, listen, we got a question. Greg's got a question. What do you got to yeah. say about the Canes blowing out Florida State last week? You, you had been predicting that Florida State would – would win that I game. I predicted we would get our ass kicked up the, the way we were mentally. I yeah. We so how do you so how do you feel about that one? That was a positive. Oh, that was a major positive. A, a major positive that Florida State didn't show up either. Major positive that that same crappy offensive line the following week against Boston College played pretty well. I mean, it's also positive that they started Blackman and they changed everything around and they brought their third string quarterback instead of a statue back there. A lot of basic coaching things that weren't done the week before that Florida State learned from their mistakes, unlike us, that we lost to two freaking horrible teams. But wait a minute. You We're know? talking so about blowing them game. out. We're not talking about Florida. We're, we're, talking about, 
We're talking about blowing them out. We blew off Florida State up there. It wasn't even a contest right. in the second half, Jerry. It was over. It was fucking over. Those All right, so at least – so, so, so would you acknowledge you were wrong about that? I just gave oh, you credit. You've been right – You've been right about a lot. I acknowledge that I'm wrong. I, the problem is I'm right too much. That's the issue. It, the, the people don't like the bad one. You don't like. And, All and right, let's man. Be honest, do you think we're going to get much better this week? Do you think, think – Greg, let me ask you this question. Are we going to beat Duke at Duke? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I'll I'll do look, a lot of I'll do it this week. Yeah, you've been paying I'll attention do to Duke. game. All right. Hello? Duke has not been playing very well. All right, everything. Thanks, man. You're back. You're back on home. Yeah, they, they, they uh, have not been playing uh, well. All right, Greg. So go ahead. Right. You 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 got the floor again. Go ahead. Okay. First of all, the Orange Bowl would take Notre Dame over Wake Forest and all these other teams. They have to take an because ACC they'll, team. They'll bring fans and they'll bring. Wait, wait, wait. They have to take an ACC team. No, or Notre Dame. They can take Notre Dame as the opponent if they want. No, I don't think you better. Can you check that? They must know. They must. The Orange Bowl must. We checked on this. The, the Orange Bowl must take the highest ranked ACC team after the championship game. Okay. That's that's not All going right. into the playoffs. I'm wrong. Okay. But they could. But they could pair Miami and Notre Dame if they wanted to. You know, they they could well, do that. That would be tremendous. But, Notre Dame but, doesn't yeah. like playing at Hard Rock Stadium. They haven't had very good success. Yeah, but they're probably not going to pair Miami and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I, I believe, is going to go to Orlando, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, I'll be more positive than everything. I looked over the 2018 class, which is the crux of our team right now, the sophomores and redshirt freshmen. We got Williams, Harris, Lingard, Wiggins, Pope, Campbell, Scaife, Jordan, Mallory, Rousseau, Miller, Silvera, Ivy, Blades, Hall, and I Frierson. Those are some decent players in that class that can build something in the next two years. I don't know what he's talking about. We have no players. Okay, next point. You know how many, in the last four recruiting classes, we have 38 ESPN 300 players. Clemson has 44. Virginia Tech has 13. Wake Forest has zero. And they have two, three less wins than us in the last four years. So what does that tell you? That's coaching. It's nothing. We have plenty of talent on this roster, Gary. How do you explain Wake Forest seven and two with zero ESPN three hundred players? Well, tell me. I don't know. Just we have players, Gary. I mean, look. We uh, won four games. We had we were tied or leading in every game this year in late stages. But we do not have players, Greg. Like like those teams have players. Come on. I mean, be honest. We don't. You telling me Greg Rousseau's not not good? He's the one. He's the one. He's the one. You telling me Bubba Bolden's not going to be a good player? We don't know that yet. 
I mean, he's not right now that kind of player. We we don't know. Jaron Williams has got 16 touchdowns and three picks all year, three in one quarter. You don't think he's looking? He had no protection at the beginning of the season. If we take this offensive line and Jaron Williams now to play the Gators, we might we could we could beat them. I think. I think we've improved since that game. We absolutely have. There's no no doubt about that, and that's why they've won three in a row. If we had a kicker, we'd be in the coastal division lead right now. If you were playing the one-loss game at the beginning of the season, Greg, you would have looked at at Pittsburgh, at Florida State as danger zones. You know, I mean, they did a good job going on the road and winning those games. Okay. Uh, all I know is I said weeks ago you had to be patient, and the patience is we're doing better right now. Okay. What are we doing with the wide receivers here? We only have – Seven receivers on the team right now. Why would a kid quit in the middle of the season? The second guy to quit in the middle. Because he's of the not season. getting he's not getting the play. So he's going to he practice two more weeks. Well, I I don't they understand why Hightower did it too. But these kids, I guess they're tired of practicing and not playing. I don't. I mean, it's not the way it used to be. This transfer portal has changed the game. Okay, did they still get to stay in school for the rest of the semester? Yeah. Yeah, they're not kicking them out. They're not, take, they're not yanking their scholarship away. They'll let so them finish. The, they, they they'll probably get the to – I would think they'll, get to fit, they'll probably get to finish the school year. Uh, I don't know if they would leave after the fall semester or not. I, that's a good question. I don't know. All uh, right. Now, what, what's going on? I think he's wrong about this Knighton kid. I heard he may come to Miami. He's, he's I don't think saying, it's de- I don't think it's dead. I wouldn't predict he's coming, but I don't think it's dead. So are there any? I see this JUCO corner we got in the coming for a visit. Is he bringing his body? There's another guy yeah. on his team. There's two of them. Yep. There's, there's, yep. Yeah. There's two of them. Two of them that are, are that are coming. coming? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. Yeah, they're seriously so, recruiting both those kids. Well, when would they be coming? We have no more home games, so they're they going to come. In well, they don't have to come for a game. They December? they got a, they got a few visit. Yeah, they got a few visit weekends in December. Oh. Doesn't it doesn't have to be for a game? Okay. Do you still think Smith and Riggins are going to be cut from the t- uh, recruiting list? It looks that way. So then we have about six or seven spots open. Mm-hmm. So the, the class could improve if we yeah, win tr- our last two games. They're so, trying to I, get a few get a few more DBs. They're 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 trying to get a few more offensive linemen. How about offensive linemen? Yeah, I agree. I'd be I'd be loading up on those guys. And what's with this Doomerville? We have any chance with him? I don't think you want him. I hope they. I hope they have no chance. I. I just. I just don't. I'm just not. I'm not impressed with that kid. And I've. And I. And I've. And I've gotten some. I've gotten some bad reviews on him. So I'm going to say I don't think so. All right. All right. Thank you. All right, Greg. We'll catch you next time. 
Let's go out to the 865. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's James from Tennessee. What's up, buddy? What's up, James? How you doing this week? Buddy, I am great. Three in a row. And let me tell you something. I'm going to give you props. You definitely called it last week that you liked the matchup. You said that it would be a lot of points scored, and damn, were there a lot of points scored on both sides. I was a little upset we gave up that last one in the fourth quarter, but second string, 52-27, I'll take it. I'll take it, brother. Yeah, when I, watched, when I watched the whole game between Louisville and Wake Forest, and I mean, Wake just scored on those guys like, like there's no tomorrow. And I knew Wake didn't have – the skill athletes that we had and, and Louisville just looked really slow to me and I was not impressed with their defensive line. So I felt we were going to score, score, score. Uh, but I respected the fact that their offense can score, score, score too. So we, you know, we survived it. We got out ahead. And even though we gave up 191 yards of offense in the first quarter, I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, they were able to make some adjustments and, and slow it down and, and get out in front and yeah, kind of went pretty much the way I thought it would. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the one thing that I really um, saw more than anything is that the, the team looked like they were having a great time out there. I'm going to be positive. You know, I, I listened to what you said and, and with everything, I, I hope he's doing all right. I really do. I, I, I'm going to be the guy that's going to just take the opposite approach. And I just feel that there's some parallels and I could be way off base and so forth, but you know, I watched that LSU Alabama game side by side with our game. And cause I was just interested to see what was going to happen in that game. And, you know, a couple of years ago when Ed Orgeron took over that program, um, you know, he lost a game that was inexcusable. They lost to Troy, if I'm not mistaken. And when they lost to Troy, everybody was ready to just get rid of him and so forth. And, you know, what is he going to do? And he went out there, he got transfers, he fixed it. And, you know, I know that we're not happy with how this season went. I, like you, was around 9-3, and 10-2 and two maybe. Um, I, but we didn't think that a kicker would, would blow games for us, and, and the ball didn't bounce our way in some games like it did back in 17. However, I want this fan base to give Manny a try. Because, look, Mario's not going to happen at this point, okay? Maybe it might in the future. I don't know. But if Manny gets the players on board, and, you know, he's not the recruiter, or Geron is. But the one thing that I want more than anything is this fan base to be patient with him when it comes to this because of the fact that I really feel that the players are having fun. They play for him. The, the senior messages that I saw last week um, was something really special to see. And I know that they weren't the most heralded class, but they stuck it out. And they weren't the most talented, but maybe just maybe they might be the guys that have shown what needs to be done. They love Manny, obviously, and hopefully the other guys can play for him. Because I'll tell you one thing, LSU, they have talent. I will throw that out there, Gary. But those guys, they play for Orgeron. I mean, they, I look at them like those players would die on a shield for that man. I mean, I really believe that. And uh, they went out there, and they shocked the country. I mean, I know that Alabama's defense hasn't been the best uh, as it's been up to par and so forth, but they went out there and did it. And it's taken a couple of years, and maybe it might take a couple of years for Manny and so forth, but I'm on board. And the thing is, is that I've seen improvement, and that's the one thing more than anything. Is it in between, like you asked? Is it a pipe dream, or is there something missing there? I can't tell you that. I, uh, I don't know, but from what I'm seeing, I've seen improvement. I'm seeing an offensive line growing. I'm happy about that. And if everybody sticks it out and, you know, we're getting rid of some guys that don't want to be a part of the uh, train, that's fine. But let's just keep rolling with it. And see where we go. We could end this, this season on a six-game winning streak with a lot of momentum going into next year. And the schedule is favorable next year as well, Gary. I mean, don't you agree? 
Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, we thought it was favorable this year. I mean, you're still gonna you're still gonna play the ACC games, and you know we'll see how those go next year. I mean, I I don't think North Carolina is gonna be worse than they were this year. Uh, you know, they're running that program pretty well. Virginia Tech, I don't think is gonna be worse. Uh, I don't think Georgia Tech will be worse. So you know, it, you know, we'll just have to see see how it goes. I mean, we got to go to Wake Forest, I think, next year. So, yeah, I mean, and isn't but, that amazing how that's changed, though? Isn't that how amazing how that's changed? Because just a couple months ago, you talk about our fan base wanting to uh, maybe even get rid of Manny this first season. How about Virginia Tech wanting Fuente gone? And they're right there in the thick of things. They should have beaten Notre Dame if it hadn't been for a few calls and so forth. And I hate Virginia Tech. I'm no fan of theirs. And the fact is, is their coach has another season. I can't believe it. So, I mean, they were ready to get rid of him and Foster and all those guys and start fresh, some of my friends that are Virginia Tech fans. I couldn't believe it. So, so things change. I mean, that's, that's the thing that uh, is, uh, uh, I, I feel is, is, a, is a major point. One thing I wanted to ask you, Gary, that I've been meaning to ask for the last couple of weeks, and somehow the problem kind of worked itself out, was what were your feelings on the special teams earlier in the season, because I thought they were atrocious at times, just atrocious. But there's been some improvements there, and I want to give credit where credit's due, because when we were talking about coaching staff changes, perhaps, I was wondering if there was a need for maybe even a, a special teams coach because of the job that special teams have been such an important factor, not only in our games, but if you look at games across the landscape of college football. So I was just curious, is it just an improvement that they're getting to know things, or are we putting more uh, talented players out there instead of uh, players that uh, are just, you know, just bodies out there? I mean, what, what's the improvement that you think that's changed I mean, in the last few weeks? Maybe it's just repetition, you know, and, and practicing and practicing it over several months now, and, and you know, it's coming together a little bit better. Uh, kick, kickoff coverage has not really been an issue because Baxa puts the ball out of the end zone the majority of the time. Um, so, you know, that has not really been an issue. I think the, in, the improved punting has minimized, um, punt coverage. You know, there's not, not as many punts being, being returned. Headley's, you know, pretty good at putting the ball out there in places made that it's, it's hard for them to set up returns. They don't ever really know where it's going, uh, with, you know, with, with that rugby style kick that he has. Uh, but punting has been significantly improved. So when you take those two elements of the kicking game, you, you, you're, you don't have a lot of pressure on special teams. Now, you know, they're not busting a lot of returns. I mean, you know, the, the kick, kickoff returns and, and, you know, punt returns are so, I would say are so-so. But they're not hurting. They're not hurting themselves with special teams right now. Exactly, yeah, and, and uh, I want to give props. I mean, we blocked a punt. I mean, I can't remember when we've consistently done that where we, we – I remember back in the day when Saldinger was uh, the special teams coach, they would always be right there with Beamer Ball and stuff like that, and I just I just think about uh, the fact that that's, that's improved right there, that we're not at least, you know, getting penalties and giving the, the other team 15 yards or something. We're actually getting to the punter and, you know, playing it safe. I, I, of course, I say that, and then I go back to us giving up the touchdown against Georgia Tech, which was inexcusable. But be that as it may, I feel there's improvement there. And with the personnel they're using, there is improvement there. And, and it's good. It, it, it's really good. And like you said, the repetition and, and so forth is a big deal, too. So, yeah. Yep. Got to agree. Um, uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you, Gary. Um, as far as next year goes, I know that we don't know, you know who's going to stay, who's going to go. 
and so forth. But what is your thoughts on uh, uh, in, in terms of with recruiting? Um, who did you mention uh, last fall that you weren't that impressed with, if we got him or not, and so forth, that uh, Greg was just asking about? Who was that? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, oh, uh, Greg was asking you about. Ta- oh, you're talking about, we you're talking about uh, du- oh, Doomerville. Doomerville, the offensive lineman at St. Thomas. And you weren't impressed I, with him. Is that who you were talking well, about? I just, okay. I just have a I don't know. I've just I've haven't heard the greatest reports on him. So okay. I don't think that, okay. that, I don't, that that's one South Florida kid that might get away that I don't think is really a loss. Just based is on it what really I've a heard. loss. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah and, and I guess have you heard anything about the the flow kid from California, the five star? I mean, I heard he had a good visit, but like, I mean, what what do you think? Was he just wanting a trip to Miami, or is he, is well, he a West Coast dude? What I do you think, think it might have started like that a little bit. Uh, you know, but I think, you know, he likes Miami. I just think, you know, he's got options to go to Clemson and Georgia and, the, and Oregon and these places. And uh, I just don't know how how they're going to win that one in the end. There's also some different layers there of, of, of people advising him, uh, a couple coaches and things like that that are in the middle of the, uh, the middle of the equation. So it's a little bit tougher to sway a kid like that because you got to sway too many people. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. I mean, crazier things have happened. But I, I just think it's progress just getting a kid like that um, on campus and, and getting him to visit. Absolutely. No, Because, I mean, you know, the other kids, the other kids noticed that. Yeah, just to give us a chance. I mean, it, and that was a perfect game to have him go to because of the atmosphere. I wish the weather would have been a little bit better, but uh, but the fact is, it's just the atmosphere and watching us win big. Because I know that there were games that we've had key recruits and laid a complete egg. But then you look at the Notre Dame game a couple of uh, um, years ago, and uh, we had all those recruits in the house. And I really would love to know how many actually followed through with the commitment. Of course, look what happened. You know, that's it's just all about momentum, I guess. And how uh, how you how you finish at the end, but that's that's just uh, one of the things. And I do have something for everything. I will finish it with this. Um, I believe that we will not only beat Duke. I'm going to go 35 to 10 as the final score against Duke at Duke Thanksgiving weekend. So, yeah, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he feels that way about Duke. They, Duke has not been playing good football lately. I don't know why or what. No. I haven't watched. I haven't watched them. But Gary, you, you I know, watched have... them against Notre Dame. They were awful. I mean, they were absolutely awful. They were at home. I, I mean, they are definitely um, whatever whatever momentum they had at the beginning of the year. It's like after they lost to North Carolina, they packed it in. I mean, completely. I think they Which is, they, they looked great against Virginia Tech that Friday night, but after they missed that jump pass there at the end, when they had every opportunity to beat North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and sure enough, they have laid an egg completely. And it might be their senior day, but if Miami is rolling in there, I think we're gonna have another big victory against FIU. No doubt in my mind. I hope they come out focused. It's bye week crap curse. I don't even want to talk about it, but I think they're going to go into Durham and own that that night, that day or night, whatever that, whenever they just decide to make the, the the game scheduled and so forth. But I have no doubt in my mind we will go into Wallace Way and leave on a five-game winning streak. And who knows, maybe looking at a possible Orange Bowl or the Music City Bowl in Nashville. And if they do, I'd love to go uh, to Nashville since I'm just three hours away here in Knoxville to uh, to go watch my Canes in uh, in Nashville in the Music City Bowl. So it yeah, you know Nashville team and maybe beat them. So yeah, Nashville would be a nice soft landing spot. We you know we haven't been to Nashville. Oh. 
and, oh, and I think if, I, I mean, it's a great yeah. bowl game. I mean, and you play an SEC team, and, you know, I mean, I, I just think it would be a nice uh, – something new compared to El Paso and the pinstripe. I, and it's like you said, I think you told me last week you didn't think that Charlotte would be a possibility because they prefer either the Carolina or the Virginia teams because of the fan base being closer there and so forth. But yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I just uh, – but let me tell you something. If they somehow sneak their way into the Orange Bowl – would the Orange Bowl even consider a Florida versus Miami rematch to end the year? And I only ask I don't, that. Because, I can't imagine. You know, I, they, no, uh, I mean, they, yeah. I can't imagine that. There, there'd be no reason for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just go back to a long time ago with how they made us play Florida State two times in a row, or, or two times that year, only to play them at the beginning of the next year and so forth. I, I know that, that we were different conferences back then. Different, I, different I system now, too. Different, different system. Yeah, you're right. Yep. You're right, Gary. All right, man. Well, Gary, thanks, thanks. Thanks, thanks for your call. Inside, buddy. We'll call next week. You bet. You Bye. got it, man. All right, guys. It's time for the segment that we've all come to love, and that's the Sicilian Oven point-counterpoint segment with uh, Bruce Warner, the voice of the fan, who each week is joined by a former Canes player. And uh, tonight's guest is a guy whose name you're going to recognize. Probably – not probably. I'm just going to say flat out. The greatest kicker – to ever wear a Miami Hurricane uniform, Carlos Huerta made 178 of 181 extra points in his career and 77 of 91 field goal attempts. And today he's in real estate investment in a great spot, Las Vegas, and uh, also coaches high school football out there and continues to mentor aspiring kickers. So we're going to bring him on tonight to talk to us a little bit about the mental side the kickers go through, because we've been seeing a little bit of that this year. And uh, Carlos, Bruce, welcome to Kane Sport Live. Um, how are you guys doing this evening? Doing great. How about you, Gar? Carlos, doing, this is Gary Furman. Good. You've been on our show a couple of years ago. Um, uh, welcome to the show again, buddy. Yep, good to be here. Way to promote the show, telling, telling everybody I was the greatest to the play for the Canes. I'll, well, you I'll go with that for the night. You I were. think you really you were you you were. <laughs> you were. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> with, with those numbers and those clutch. We could have used you this year. Michigan was incredible. Could could have used yeah. you this year, Carlos. Yeah. Well, he's not. Yeah, we're not going there. But I, I we no. I did tell him that we'd like to talk about you know the the mental side of it. And and I, look, I don't know how many bad games he had, so it's kind of, maybe he can't answer these questions. I don't know, but. You know, but he but he he mentors kids. So uh, Carlos, talk about the mental side. If you miss one or two, how does that impact you? Or from week to week, if you just blew a game-winning field goal, which you might not have done, but I'm just saying, how how do you talk to these kids about things like that? Um, well, you're gonna get me standing on my soapbox, but um, I'm to the point now where, <clears throat> yep, it's just kind of like the head coach, you know, takes takes the all the credit when the team wins, which which probably fair, and then he gets beat beat up just like the quarterback when they lose. Um, you know, it's just so the, the the intricacies of the game are so overlooked by by even coaches, not not just the fans, the coaches as well. And I and I pull my hair out many Saturdays and and Sundays and and Friday nights on, on high school fields as well. Um, but I really am to the point where the snap and the hold are so important. You know, it's the pet detective laces out funny jokes, but but it's it's 
so important. And I sit, I watch a lot of film now, and you know, you have, you have such great technology these days, and you could just see so many little things. And you know, as 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 it was written when I was in college, my uncle, was a physics professor at Miami, and uh, I used to I used to go to him and ask him math questions, and uh, you know, he really starts breaking down a kick or even a throw. You know, millimeters make a difference. They say football is a game of inches, but when it comes to kicking and maybe the passing game, sometimes it's literally millimeters with that DB stretched out, just missing with his, you know, finger tipping the pass or, or getting it. And, and then the kick is the same way. I mean, that holder misses a spot by, you know, an inch. That can, that can translate into a miss of 15 feet, you know, by the time it travels 45 yards down the field, a kick. So um, what I'm getting at is there's, Definitely, you know, better kickers than others, but um, the way the game is coached is what really drives me crazy. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there. I mean, how does Dirk Cutter at Tampa Bay go through like four great kickers in a year and a half or something? All of a sudden, they get to Tampa and they forget how to kick because what? It's humid. You know, even though Aguayo was the best kicker in college football history and he couldn't last at Tampa. You know, mm-hmm. and then they bring in Nick Folk who was a great field goal kicker, and he can't last at Tampa either. Then they brought another guy in, I forget, another good kicker, and he couldn't last either. And the, the, the Bucks are losing games. Now, this is a couple years back, but I'm just giving this example. The Bucks can't win games because they can't make field goals. Well, that's true, but these great kickers are to blame. All of a sudden, one back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back. I mean, is it coincidence that all the horses are dying, you know, in Cal- at, at Santa Anita or, or, or Del Mar? I forget, one of those race racetracks or horse guys at the – after horses dying, I mean, there's something to it, right? Well, mm-hmm. coaching is such a big part. Recruiting is a big part, obviously, but a lot of guys spend hours and hours and hours, a lot of teams coaching offense, coaching defense, rightly so. I mean, it's a huge part of the game. I still believe the game is won and lost in the trenches. I'm not going to, you know, digress from that. But the special teams is an important part, and I can start talking about championship coaches that I've played for, many of them, and they made special teams a really, really important part of the game. I'm not going to say it's a third. I, a, lot, a, lot, like, a, lot, a lot of people like to say it's a third, a third, a third for offense, defense, special teams. Let's not say it's a third, but sometimes special teams is everything, right? When it comes down to that kick, that's all everyone cares about at that moment. And uh, I, just, I was just watching Penn State Miami highlights on ESPN as they're going through college football. And, you know, Penn State had those interceptions against Tessa Verde, but Penn State kicked Miami's butt in special teams at that Fiesta Bowl. And from that day forward, Jimmy Johnson stepped up and made special teams a crucial part of what he did. And what happened, look, I mean, history speaks for itself. So, anyway, um, what goes into a kicker's mind? If you're not confident and you haven't made any big kicks and you miss some big ones, it's a disaster. Now everybody starts looking at you, as a, looking at you like you're a choker, right? Everyone uh-huh. knows and then, and the gauntlets and 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 that, and that hatchet's falling, so to speak. And, and even terrible. if you have a good week of practice, when you get to the game, it goes back to the way it was, game time. Hell yeah! <laughs> Let I, me ask I, you 100%. this: we, we we're so used to watching the kicker go on the field. Are you, I mean, I'm just going to give you my opinion. He taps some sort of a spot where he thinks that's where the ball is going to be placed. He takes a couple of steps back, then he takes two steps to the left. At that point in time, you're looking at the goalpost. You're looking at the spot. But if you see the snap, like, like we see it, let's say the snap is high. Does that impact you? If the snap is to the holder's right, does that impact you? Or, or he has to lunge to his left, does that impact you? Because we know it looks like it's, an, it's automated. You just take off and hit the ball. So what are you watching when you see the ball is not exactly snapped where you thought it was going to be? Does that impact what happens on the, you know, with the kick? 
Yeah, not a lot of people. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. If if the ball goes, if you're a right-footed kicker and the holder's to your right and that ball goes way to the right and you lose sight of the ball, right. it's, pure, it's pure panic because you're you know you're pulling a Houdini kind of or the holder is more importantly is it to, and you're thinking on you know you have two steps two 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 steps and maybe a little bit of a jab step to get there you know these coaches and, and rightly so they want this snap hold kick off in 1.3 seconds or less to avoid the block well that doesn't give a, a much much time to make up for something like that right, there's no margin and, for uh, error there isn't. There isn't. And, and, and you just have to sometimes trust and try to, you know, I'm exaggerating, I guess, a bit, but, um, you know, let uh, um, Steph Curry try to make a free throw with the basket moving, right? He's, he's amazing to watch, but now start moving the basket. He may not make as many, he may not make 94 or 6% of his free throws, whatever he makes, you know. And that's kind of what kicking a moving football is like, right? When it's moving, it's chaos. So if the holders have to, have to move all the way to the right and bring it back over, is he going to really set it? Is it going to be still? Or is it still going to be in motion? And that's, that's freaking havoc on a kicker, right? I mean, if you're, you're kicking a moving ball, your accuracy, it goes way, way down. Way, way down. And it's panic when you, when you lose sight of the ball. You don't know if it's going to get there. You know, you're going to Charlie Brown it or what? So. Well, this is probably the first time, I don't know, Gary, in, in I don't know how many years where we've looked at a field goal kicker as one of the reasons why we, the record the way is the way it is, but it is what it is. That's what happened yeah, in the but, but, but you know what, Bruce? I think so much of what Carlos is saying in some of these different comments is really applicable to what we've watched this year. Cause, um, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying you know, that, that Carlos – at a kicker-to-kicker respect, does not want to speak specifically about Bubba Baxa. He he doesn't work with Bubba. He doesn't, you know, he has no foundation to talk specifically about Bubba. But um, I'm going to talk specifically about what I've seen as, as like a kicker. And I've seen a kid that has a monster leg that can boot the ball over 50 yards comfortably, puts every kickoff out of the end zone, who's... Because of missing a kick or two and what it did to his confidence, can barely function anymore. I, I, I mean, it is one of the most astonishing things that I have ever seen in all the years that I've been covering football and the, the 40 plus years I've been watching Canes football. Um, so I want to, Carlos, I want to talk to you about just the confidence of a kicker and and like, what does it do? What what is if you lose that confidence in that process that's taking 1.3 seconds, how does that affect you physically, mentally? Does it, does the whole thing just fall apart? Or can you get yeah, it back? I mean, it, or can you get it, it back, must, Carlos? It, it must go. I, that it, it never happened to me at that level, right? And I never lost it like that. Um, but I'll, I will say one thing from what I've seen about Bubba. He is a talented, a talented kicker. The guy has talent. So to, oh, no to just throw him down the, the drain into the uh, the skein bay would be a mistake, but let's not get well, into the Well, but they did that. I don't know him. Yeah, the, I know. But they did that, Carlos. Carlos, they did that. And I thought yeah, it was I know, one of the first I, know, because... I thought it was one of the first. Um, you know, you expect a first-time head coach to make mistakes, rookie mistakes. It's, 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 they're unavoidable. I thought that was one of the biggest that Manny made this year in – pulling the plug on that kid who does have a lot of talent and throwing and embarrassing him by throwing a walk on 
that can barely kick 30-yard field goals out on the field and putting him off to the side? Well, it, it, the mistake could have been made earlier on, right? The way the, way, the, way the whole special teams might have been approached, maybe, I don't know. Um, the, 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 the reps in practice, I could go on and on. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I mean, a, a lot of football buffs may not know if they follow football too closely and not the other sports. But I remember, obviously, Chris Berman used to love the nicknames. And, and one of my favorite ones was Chuck New Kids on the Block, right? Chuck Knobloch was a was an all-star baseball player, right, for years. The guy was an amazing infielder. All of a sudden, years and years into his career, he stopped being able to throw the ball to first base. Yeah, him right? and he could Steve not Sachs. throw it to first base. Huh? Him and Steve Sachs. He and couldn't Steve throw Sachs, it to first right? base yeah. either. Yeah, all of a sudden. What's, I mean, how, you know, that's inconceivable. Inco- that's even worse than, than, than a 20-year-old kid that just came on to the major college football scene that, that maybe fell into a slump or wh- whatever. A lot of things can happen. But, yeah, you lose your confidence, and then you have that paralysis factor set in. And, who, and I think it affects you. I don't know all the terms, but probably neurologically, it probably breaks you down. And, uh, and your brain starts sending you mixed signals. Can, can you break out of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe, I mean, I know that you can, you know, and you got those hitter slumps in baseball, right? It's the hardest thing to do in sports to hit a baseball, and so I think it's pronounced more there. I, li- I like that analogy because you can really look at details there and, and, and what happens to hitters. But absolutely, you can break out of slumps, but, uh, um, you know, there's been a lot of them. I mean, I think uh, Jim Courier in tennis won, but uh, David Duvall in golf, it happens. And then some of these guys, yeah, they make so much money, they say, oh, heck, I'm going to get into broadcasting or whatever else, but but no, yeah, you can break out of it. You can. It's just it's just a methodical process, and I think it involves a lot of sports psychology, which I really got into in my career. Uh, Miami had a had a real good one when I first went there, and uh, um, I started working with her as a, as a as a freshman because Steve Walsh did. Hey, Steve Steve's doing it, so I went and did it, and it it made huge huge differences in my performances. And I and I you can joke about hocus pocus, but uh, I, I know that it helped me helped me prepare and it helped me get mentally strong. Well, like I said, you didn't miss too many anyhow, so there weren't that many fans yelling at you. I think Baxter has a shot in the spring. He's got. To, I don't think it's going to happen this year. He's got to get his head together. And, and in the spring, I'm assuming they're going to give him just as much of a shot as everybody else because he does have the skills. He does. He does. If, well, have him if he him. makes Maybe it. Maybe I can help him. Have him call him. Yeah, he should, he, he should call you. He should come out to Vegas and work with you for a few days and see. You know, you'd have a lot yeah, to yeah, offer him. Yeah, for it. Oh, I, I don't think he. I, I think I, I'm sure his parents would would pay for that or whatever. That'd be uh, that that would be something that would really benefit him. But you know, yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, it's like I'm watching pregame warmups the other day at the stadium, and like this kid can't function. He is mentally gone. And and you mentioned the Tampa yeah. Bay, the Tampa Bay example, Situation. which is what, yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, the graveyard of kickers. And how much of an impact do you think the fact that the coaches lose confidence in those guys? so quickly and they know it how does that impact their ability to function as kickers so i was about to bring that point up i'd say the most devastating thing to any player at any position is for your teammates to lose confidence in you when they when they when their heads go down when you walk into a room or when you're out in the field it's it's the worst feeling in the world second to that are the coaches and then maybe third to that are your parents and after that the fans right so it, it all comes down to your teammates because they believe in you and they pick you up. Um, so it, it means everything. And, and that's at any level. I mean, we're talking Pop Warner. 
all the way up because when you're playing at the lower levels, all you care about is, is, is beating, you know, the, uh, the Knights or whoever it is you're playing that week. And then that's all you care about. And then it goes up and, and, and you're playing maybe in a, in a state championship game or, or at the college level, and your teammates mean everything to you at that point. Usually, I mean, if your head's on right, your coaches prepare you right, and your parents raise you right, you care about what you do to the team, right, in a team sport. So it is absolutely devastating. That's all I can say. And I've seen it happen as well. You know, we all have. We all have. Well, um, so you're involved with some real estate investments, and I know you're. I'm glad you took some time out because you had some some things you were doing before, and I think you're, I guess you're doing some more things after. So really appreciate you taking yeah. the time to come on the show. Uh, but like Anytime, I said, you know, guys. you got you got Ed Reed, you got you got um, Ray Lewis, you got Michael Irvin, and your name sits right up there in, in Russell Maryland because you're the greatest kicker we ever had. So you don't have to take a bow, but I'm telling you, I know it. Gary knows it, and all our fans know it. Who's the best kicker in the history of Miami? Carlos Huerta. And a great person, too. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, I do have a question, though, Carlos, uh, certainly before you depart for the evening. So you're out there in Vegas. How often do you sneak over to the sports books and make a little, you know, wager on the Canes? Oh, man. Um, I – have not I, I don't like betting on the teams that I root for because you know what I mean. So I, I don't do I don't do it. I, I can't remember <laughs> the last time. I think it was it was the Nebraska Rose Bowl with all the great the Shockies and the Portises. Really? That was a big one for me. I do remember that one. Yeah, that was a big one. That was a big wow, one. So awesome. We'll leave it at that. We'll it wow. At that. <laughs> how do you so do you, yeah. do you bet football at all? I, I used to. I don't anymore. You don't anymore? Yeah, I really No. Well, you got the discipline of a kicker then, because let me tell you something. That's a hard yeah. thing to do living in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I'm just if, – if I had more time, I probably would. But I, I'm, staying, I'm staying busy for sure with family and coaching and, and work and, and clients. Yeah. It's hard to get over to a sports book for me. Have but you gotten to watch – have you gotten to watch the games this year? Not many of the Canes games. I've watched about three. And, uh, you know, I, I, I am encouraged. I mean, I, I know that there's some, you know, real positive feelings about what Coach Diaz is doing, and I can see some of that those things. But, uh, guys, what I see is just, you know, I think we need full support of the administration. I don't always see that, to be honest with you. So I, I like what Coach Diaz is doing. I, and, and, and there's no doubt that they're bringing in some good players. And, and now they're turning it's showing on the field. So it's exciting. Um, I have seen – Highlights, obviously, in the scene, three games. I had not made it out. I did not make it to our 89 reunion because I was coaching. Our high school team was in a playoff run, and I hated missing that reunion. But uh, uh, maybe next year I can get out to more games. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it's, it's great having you on the show. But, you know, it's a, the important factor is that we they've won these games. But as Gary mentioned earlier in the show, uh, you didn't hear it, the offensive line is playing better. The quarterback play is playing better. Jaron Williams is now moving in the pocket, stepping up in the pocket, running when he has to, finding open guys. The receivers now have some space, whereas before they were blanketed. So you really can see the team getting better. Even though they're winning, you could see it right in front of your eyes. So that's a really Absolutely. positive sign. Absolutely. I hope they can get to that Orleans Bowl. That would be, that'd be an amazing accomplishment for sure. Yeah, after three and four and basically being one pass play away, Jaron Williams to Osborne from being three and five, that would be a heck of an accomplishment. It would. 
And that yeah, would really boost a lot of things, the, the, the attendance, the confidence, the recruiting, which is what we always talk about, the recruiting. That would be really big. Everything. Yeah. Make all the difference in the world for sure, recruiting. That's, that is key. But, hey, they did it for, for years recruiting those three-star guys, right? you got to find those diamonds in the rough and, and develop them. That's the way. That's, the, that's how that, – that was the tradition of our program. You know, at, at how many students do we have? 7,000? And, you know, the boosters just aren't there based on pure numbers. you gotta, you got to think a little bit outside the box and, and do that. Right. But also all the guys that, from your teams that I talked to, they all say the same thing. These guys didn't play as true freshmen. That was like a pipe dream. Maybe Randall played. But for the most part, they didn't even play as sophomores either. Most of these guys got in as, as juniors and seniors, and they sat and they waited their turn, and they competed in practice. That's not how it is anymore. So it's it's significantly sure. different, right? Yeah, the developmental side, you're right. 100%. It is a different game. All right. Carlos, we'll say, say, develop them. thank you. Um, thank you so much for your time tonight. I know you got other stuff that you got to go do. So we won't uh, hold you up any longer, but uh, we really appreciate the insight you gave us. You know, it's, it's obviously uh, pretty appropriate to this season, what we've been seeing. And uh, I know I've been, I don't, I've never seen some of the stuff I've seen this year with a kicker. So it, it was great to get your perspective on just the, the psyche of a kicker. And, and, you know, I think we we've seen firsthand how a kid can get mentally broken down and all the talent, that he's worked his whole, not his whole life, but most of his life, I mean, to build. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, to, it's not easy being a major college kicker. And, I mean, I've, I've sat here and watched the kid just totally mentally break down. And he can't, he can't function any, anymore. It's, some, it's some, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. So I hope he gets it back. And maybe he will pop out to Vegas to see you. And uh, then you can come back on and, and, and talk talk about them in a positive vein uh, from first-hand knowledge. Send them my number. I'd love to work with them. Get the Kings back rolling, for sure. All right, buddy. Be well. Um, talk I soon. And, uh, and thanks so much for coming on the show with us. Carlos Huerta, Anytime. everybody. Anytime, gentlemen. Okay. All righty, guys. Bruce, thank you. Um, we'll talk to you next time. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Yep. Go Kings. He's Carlos Huerta. Great, 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 great kicker. I don't know if, if you guys remember him. He was uh, as close to automatic as, as anything that, that we've ever seen in a Canes uniform and um, just had a phenomenal career here. So I'm, I'm glad he was able to come on, give us a little insight tonight. And, you know, you heard me say, talk about um, Bubba Baxa a little bit there. And, I, I mean, I, I'm serious about what I'm saying. I mean, you could just see, like, see the look in his eyes from from when that whole thing started, and just how absolutely devastated he was. And and I'm sure he was feeling that vibe from the coaches and his teammates and the kids on campus. And it's just been gotten progressively worse. I, you know, um, I, I think he probably was a little mentally fragile to begin with and getting benched for the walk-on, I think just put him over the edge. And, um, you know, I, I did think it was a mistake. I, I know everybody was angry and, you know, nobody likes to lose. And, and you know, th- that wasn't the only reason the Canes were losing those games. You never lose just because of a kick. You have an entire football game 
that's played and, you know, kicking is one element of it. Um, but everybody was upset and angry at the way those things were going. And, and I get it, but um, I think that coaches that aren't kickers and very few of them obviously are. And Carlos talked about the Tampa Bay situation. Um, I don't think that they quite understand what the, the mental ramifications are when a coach shows he no longer has confidence in you and, and how fragile that psyche is and how it can translate into, into performance. And um, I, I think that, you know, like he said, I mean, Tampa Bay has gone through some of the best kickers in football, recycled three or four at a time over there. And there's a lot of correlations, I think, to that and maybe what Bubba Baxa went through this year. So does he ever get it back? Who knows? I mean, certainly hope so. Will he ever get, have a chance to get it back at Miami? I don't know. Um, you know, I think if they can find a good kicker in the transfer market that, you know, Manny Diaz believes in fixing problems. And I wouldn't be shocked if they if they moved in, in, a, in a whole different direction and, and brought in a, a new kicker for next year, just like they did a punter. And you saw um, Zach Fiegel's disappear from the program. Uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to play out. I wouldn't be shocked if we see the same thing. All right, let's get back to your calls. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Shmira? It's me. I knew I recognized what? that voice. How you do How you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing all right. What an honor. I get to come on after Carlos Huerta. Wow. He was, he was a stud. Me... <laughs> he was great. That was back in the heyday. Back in the good old days, Gary. Brought back yep. a lot of memories in the Orange Bowl. That was that was great. You know, I haven't been able to call the show much this year. I actually uh, got married in the off season, not during the season, as uh, your other uh, caller I heard earlier. That's just a major no-no. But uh, – I do get to listen to the uh, podcast in the mornings on the way to work. So I've been keeping up with it. And I can tell you, you know, out of most of your callers, the one that, that really just kind of tells it how it is and he's the most correct and have probably the same theories I have is that everything 305. I mean, he tells it how it is. I mean, they could go on a little five-game winner here and, you know, close out the season. But what are we going to do? We're just basically prolonging the inevitable, I think. And, you know, and I really give you kudos to uh, that interview with Blake James. I thought you really, uh, you know, nailed him down on some hard questions and, you know, realistic questions. But, you know, I think he put Manny Diaz in a situation that he should not have been in. And you could almost pinpoint look at the success that uh, Dan Mullins has had at uh, Florida. I mean, look at that guy. He goes from a position coach there, puts his time in at Old Miss. I mean, not Old Miss, that Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd been a head coach State. for 10 years before he took on the Gator job. I mean, look, I mean, and then finally the guy gets, uh, you know, and look, we, you know, developed quarterback, Zach Prescott, you know, and others, and finally gets his break at University of Florida. I mean, <laughs> Manny Diaz, what has he ever done to even be put in the position to even take this job? It's just well, unbelievable. That's why they created the you hashtag, don't, don't blame Manny. And, and, and I really, 
I I sincerely feel that way. I like Manny. I, I mean, Manny's been great. I mean, we 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 always love when we get to do press conferences with, with Manny. He's one of the more um, eloquent football coaches we've 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 ever had. I mean, you know, he, he he's intelligent, and um, but you know, it, 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 it's like he's been he's been fed to the wolves here. You know, and and this is a very very tough job now, Schmeier. It's a it, it would. What Blake James has put Manny Diaz in the position is almost like malpractice. And it's almost to the point of what you're talking about, the kickers. I mean, look what the guy's doing. I mean, you know, and listen, I'm so happy that they've – listen, they have just better athletes than a lot of these teams. Against Louisville, you just have better players. And, you know, I I, still a turning point, I could say, and I'm just giving kind of like a holistic thing of the whole year and not just week by week because obviously I don't get to call every week like I used to. But – it's just, Mark Rick just had this thing look like it was really going where we needed. We were getting Brevin Jordan. We were, you know, nationally recruiting. We, we did, you know, and listen, they didn't all pan out, but they did get a bunch of four-star offensive linemen. You know, it just really looked like they were really getting to that national level. You know, they beat Notre Dame, you know, that the Virginia Tech win at home. And then all, and then remember Florida was on the way down. Florida State was on the way down. It really looked like they were about to take over the whole state and and then that LSU game happened and then they and I remember seeing you in front of the you know front of uh, the stadium when they decided to bench Malik Rozier that day and this, since that day it's been downhill like a roller coaster ride. I get, what was that, yeah, Buster and, every, and everyone and everyone argued with me the whole season and okay. I knew I, Gary, I knew I the minute the he one, made that, that move that yep. it was over. We made that move, but since then the whole thing's been a disaster. It's like it's been a disaster. Then, it has never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it so and it wasn't because Malik Rozier was was the greatest or whatever. But you you, you took no. a quarterback that had done a lot of winning and 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 made a lot of plays down the stretch of games and stuff and and destroyed him with by by it's, by benching him. Malik Rozier was the most successful quarterback Miami has had. Since uh, Ken Dorsey, I mean, I mean, not not let's not, maybe not winning, but just stepping up in big games. He beat won that Florida State game for us on the road that turned the whole. When Miami couldn't beat Florida State, he turned that around. Everyone will always remember that Virginia Tech and West Virginia. I mean, and the Notre Dame game. Listen, the guy was great. For, for I mean, he, no, he, he wasn't great. He, he was not great. He was, he, <laughs> now you're going great. too far. He wasn't great, but. But it that, but that is, would have been a nine-win season last year if all that quarterback yeah. craziness didn't happen. Listen, and I and I think we both know when they built this staff to, uh, in the off season, there. I mean, there's not any recruiters. There's not. I mean, so I mean, so what happens? So next year, so this recruiting class happens. They're going to be a what a fifteen to twenty ranked team. They're not bringing. No, I, no, I think they'll players. hang in there right around the fourteen fifteen spot. But it, it, but it's it to me, it's a very quiet fourteen fifteen ranking. Um, you don't I don't to, understand. You don't I don't know who. I don't know who all these other. I haven't looked at every team's recruiting uh, commit list, and you know whatever. But when I when I look at the at the class, I don't see a ton of elite. You know, that's my no. concern. I mean, my you know, my feeling is that this program needs to get back to getting some elite, elite players. Well, and and yeah, you know, but, but, when, when I look when I look at this class, I, I I think Chance Williams has a chance to be decent um, as a defensive end. Um, I think Michael Redding has a chance to be a decent receiver. Uh, 
I think Jalen Rivers has a chance to be a decent offensive lineman. Uh, I like Restrepo as a possession receiver. He's doing some good things in high school. Um, I think, you know, the, the quarterback Van Dyke has a chance to be, be really, really Braxton good. Barrios? Well, yeah, he is going to, he, he, he is like a Braxton Barrios clone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Van Dyke, I think has a chance to be decent and, you know, Don Chaney, obviously, Marcus Fleming can be okay, but you know, so you have a lot of good players, but that's like, to me, that's what we have right now. We have a lot of good players. Good service. I don't see great. Like I don't see great difference makers that everybody in the country wants. I see us drawing a line, you know, a line at at the top 100 level and we're recruiting from the next tier. You know, there's, there's 17 top 100 players in the state of Florida. Um, if things go like they're going and go well, Miami's getting two of them. And, so that's, uh, and to, that, that's, you, yeah. you know, to me, that's not good enough. I mean, and the talent that's getting away is, is just insanity. I mean, when, you know, when you look at the, the, the offensive linemen from South Florida who are recruitable, which there aren't many, uh, one's going to Oregon, one's going to Florida. Um, I look up at St. Thomas, what's going on there. You got the old lineman going to LSU. You got the linebacker going to Florida. You got the receiver going to Georgia. I, I, I mean, it's just, it's just stunning to, to, to watch yeah. this. And, and, and something at some point has to give, because I just don't think that it's sustainable for Miami football to, to lose all the top players in South Florida the way that's been going on now for a few years. So I'm looking for that to change. That's what you know, and when exactly. I make my my comments, that's what I'm the talking way it about. Is now. I'll tell you that. I mean, I'll give Manny the off season. Maybe he'll make some changes and he'll see where there is flaws. But I mean, you know, and and it just even goes back to and like I said, I don't know. And you know, another misnomer that comes up a lot, and you know, on these message boards, and I don't read read them as often as some other people, but they say that this the administration hasn't given Manny everything he's needed, and they're not all in. Well, look at the that's, money that's, that the University of Miami is spending now. Compare, it's 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 baloney. It's just they're having spending the money on the right people. It's unbelievable. I mean, they're spending more money now than they ever have. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's facilities. little budgetary things that could be better, but but that's not that's not an issue. That's. But I hear it almost all the time. Every week they have someone come because out, it's a stereo. It's a stereotype time. that Miami's had for many right. years that that people yeah. just bring up out of habit and assume that what they're right. saying is true and it's not true anymore. it's not true it's no. not it's absolutely not true then you know the other one is you know like i said that that game day atmosphere when they played notre dame two years ago was matched to any atmosphere and i've probably been to every big university of miami game for the last 25 30 years and it's that was as big as any of them so that's another misnomer that sometimes you could throw out but i don't know i guess hey, we'll, hey let me ask you a question see, before mean, be- yeah. Before you go, because I, th- I think that you I, I know you're friends with some of the local coaches and I know you I know you're friends with some of the street agents and have connections to different people and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh-huh. um, what how in your opinion, how has this disconnect evolved between Miami and the local football community? And, you know, everyone just assumes everyone's being paid, that there's bags all over the place. And, and, and of course, that does come into play with, with, with some of these situations. But how did it become to the point where kids like – like, like I look at Marcus Tate up at university school, 
a guy that looks like he's going to be an elite offensive line prospect next year. He doesn't even wait to be recruited. Like he unquestionably would be one of the top priority recruits next year. Doesn't even wait to be recruited. Commits to Clemson in the middle of his junior year. Right. Um, I mean, I how did this disconnect? This. How did this disconnect happen from your lens? Well, I mean, listen, and I'm going to be brutally honest with you that there definitely is a lot of that cheating that's gone on. But you could go way back. You start with, let's start with Amari Cooper. You lose Amari Cooper to Alabama. He goes in the first round. So then you lose Jerry Judy. You lose that whole crop there. So I believe that kind of started it. You had you had LSU who used to dabble in on some of the uh, – Local talent, they really weren't getting the, the, the big ones. Alabama really started it. And now you open the door to Florida, and then you start losing. And, you know, and, and it's just, you know, it's just been, you know what, I don't even hear, and I'm not as in tune, and I could find out in two seconds, trust me, if, if I really want, but and I could. And I actually will do that, and I'll report back to you next week on that, so I'm not going to make any big uh, big-time uh, predictions here on that, but I will do my research on it this weekend or call around. But uh, but I don't even hear Miami's name anymore, to be brutally honest. Now, I don't know how many is – if this is like one of the – I don't think this is one of the most talented years in South Florida. From Is that something tr- – is that true? I don't think this is one of their you – know, I mean, it's Florida's not as good years. as next year. But, yeah. I mean, there's still, play- there's still players that should be Hurricanes. Jonathan Dennis there's- from South Dade. Um, you know, Isaiah Walker at Miami, New Orleans. I mean, they're offensive linemen. There, there couldn't be a greater need. Um, I, you know, right. I look up at St. Thomas and you see Rosemi and Wingo leaving. I mean, Miami needs young linebackers. Miami needs receivers right. that can make plays. I mean, how, how are they like just so like they were never even in the game with these kids. They, I, I, and I will find out with, with Wingo, but I don't even think they even offered him as a junior I, when everyone else. What, I, I, I was, asked Wingo. Was I was with Wingo a couple months ago, was, and I said, I, and, and I, and I said, Derek, I said, what happened? Like, you know, who who was recruiting you from Miami? He couldn't even give me a name. No, they don't even think they even offered him. They didn't even offer him. And that, by the way, and who knows how he's going to turn out? I think that they, there might have been size concerns, uh, or maybe he could have been a tweener or I, something I like mean, that. I mean, I saw a kid. At the Rivals Five Star Challenge, that was performing at an extremely high level. I think he's had a good senior year, and there's a chance he's going to become a five star when the next rankings come out. Wow, right. And if I believe, I don't even think he started his junior year at St. Thomas. Am I, am I correct on that? No, I think he did start. I, mm, I thought. I thought. I thought that a little bit. I think he might have been thought, disappointed a little bit his junior year. But I, that it is. But I don't even hear them. But I. That will I will call it next Tuesday and I will report back and I'll give you specifics on exactly what it is. You know I'm, I'm not afraid to tell it. Uh, All right. Let me. Who you got anything else tonight? Who was that recruit you mentioned earlier? You said you didn't you didn't like. Who was that? Uh, Marcus Someone Dumerville. He's an offensive lineman at St. Thomas. His name's Marcus Dumerville. Okay, I'll have to look up him. All right. I mean, he's, right, he's got so, some yeah, good I mean, visits, some good offers and stuff. I mean, I've heard I've had, I've gotten mixed reviews on him. Yeah, I mean, but this is my last thing. You build a you build a team from the inside out, and I don't see any great things that are going to change this offensive line in the future. I don't see anything great on the defensive line that's going to change this thing for the future. So if you ask me, 
you're just going to see what's me- mediocre. It's going to be mediocre next year. It's going to be mediocre the year after that. So I still see this. Well, you're not the only one idea. saying that. I mean, everything 305 has been beating that drum and, and you know, for several yeah, years now. And he's, he's ended up be, being right. And, uh, you know, we also badly want to see it be different. You know, we want everything yeah. to be great and everything to be positive and, and see it be different. Um, so we'll just see. We'll and see I'm saying, what happens. And I'm you know? the same with him. I mean, I've been a season ticket holder for all these years, and I gave them up a few years ago. And that, you know, I'm not right. What am I going to rush to get the season tickets for next year to see a meet? Do you see that at home schedule next year with the first? Yeah, that's, games that, that's one thing. They better start up. They better start upgrading the schedule really, terrible. really fast because so, the so ACC a- is not good enough that you can hang on that. On that and um, playing one at a conference decent game is just not good enough. Come on, I mean I'm going to spend five grand on tickets of which I could probably get them for two dollars outside the stadium to what's the an average Florida State team and then watch a few other average you know get out of here you know I'd rather spend my money elsewhere rather go to Vegas than you know yeah they they got to upgrade got to upgrade the home got to upgrade the schedules very quickly. And and that's how Miami was good back in the day. If you remember the good, they used to play at BYU that first game of the season at Colorado. You know, Penn State. Play, Miami played anyone anytime. Now this crap yep. Wagner, get out of here. All right, yeah, well, I'll, I'll all right, Shmira. Thank you, man. Right, you thanks you thanks for being part all of the right. show. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show let's go out to the 305 you're live on kane sport live how you doing tonight hey gary how are you doing great this is adam yeah what's up adam how you doing tonight well first thing i heard everything 305 he sounds like chicken little the sky is falling the sky is falling i mean was it as good a year as we wanted no but i don't think it's as bad as he's painting Well, you know, it was, it was a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and, and this three-game winning streak no. has, been, has been a game-changer, no doubt. Well, and no. in, 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 go ahead. I was thinking about it. We were in every single game. It's not like there was not one team on this schedule that I thought was actually better than us, and that's saying something. Oh, there's I no doubt about it. I think but, the talent but, but, but I think the issue, Adam, is that we're not significantly better than yeah. them either. So, you know, what happens is you get into that win some, lose some mode, which we've been in for several years now. And you can't, you you know, until something changes the calculus of the program, that's not changing. Yeah. And that's that's what Schmeier and I were just, that's what Schmeier was talking about. You know, and and to me, it's like, it starts with recruiting. You've got to start getting elite players into the program. You've got to start having first round draft picks again. Well, here's the thing I don't get. I mean, you talk about players leaving Miami. How could we not get Henry Gray away from Nebraska? I mean, yeah. there is no way Nebraska is better than us. With that team, yes, Scott Frost is a good coach, I imagine, but how do we lose a kid like that to Nebraska? How about last year you had five South Florida kids get drafted in the first yeah. round of the NFL draft, and none yeah. of them played for Miami. Exactly. I mean, are you kidding? I mean, is the state of Miami dead? No, it just there. There, there's something that's happened. There, there's a the dynamic has changed. 
there's a total disconnect between the local football community and the Miami Hurricanes. And I don't know how they're going to fix it. You know, why? No, I know some things they could do to fix it. But but in the current situation, I'm not sure what Manny Diaz can do to to change this. But it has to be his number one offseason priority. He has got to get out and see and see these people in the community and figure out what he needs to do to change this dynamic. He's got to get up. To, he's got to get those people at St. Thomas. I know he can't go to the school all the time, but he's got to get them to come see him. Uh, they have got to fix this situation. You can't just lose every kid at St. Thomas. You know, you can't you, you can't just have all these top players from Broward County leaving and, and going to other schools and, and, you know, have great areas of need like offensive line and have the three offensive linemen from South Florida who are worthy of being recruited, go to other schools, all three of them. Like there, there is a yeah. disconnect that must, that must be fixed. And, you know, hopefully this winning streak, which I think could get to five here in the next couple okay. of weeks can, can, can be a launching pad for Manny to, to start working on those other situations. Cause it's his show right now. You know, yeah. everybody can sit here and, 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 and protest and everything else and Mario and urban and all this stuff. Listen, this is Manny Diaz's show and he's got the keys. And if this thing is well, going to change anytime soon, it's, it's got to be because of what Manny's doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't agree with Blake hiring Manny, but it's his ship now. So if we go down, we're going down with the ship. Um, a, a couple other things. One, um, getting back to the Louisville game, did Manny say anything about the defense? Because, yes, I know we won, but I'm talking – and, yes, here, another kid that got away who I would have loved is that kid, Tutu Atwell. Isn't he from Northwestern? He like is. how we did – but you can't you can't blame them for not taking a 140 pound receiver. I mean, I know how fast he is, and 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 if you yeah. scheme up certain plays for him, he could be effective in spots. And and maybe okay. if you maybe you could look at him the way they looked at Roscoe Parish way back. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, you could you could make that argument maybe, but I but it's also hard to knock coaches for not taking a 140 pound wide receiver. Okay. No, but what did uh, – I mean, especially on that 80-yard touchdown, what did Manny say about the defense? Was it just that – Oh, he was he was not happy at all. Them? I mean, I, he said Sunday was a tough day in the defensive meeting room. You know, they had some plays in that game that were just outright ugly. Um, they gave up almost 200 yards of offense in the first quarter alone. If, if Louisville had been able to sustain that, you're talking about seven, 800 yards of offense. Um, that, that, was the, that was the pace they were on. Uh, so I think they held them to about 500. So it got a okay. little better as the game went on. They did get some stops, but yeah, he, Manny, Manny said that it was a difficult uh, day on Sunday in the defensive meet, meeting room. Okay. Uh, and last thing, um, what's going on with Brevin Jordan? I saw that they held him out of practice today. Uh, what's going he, it, on with that? I think his ankle's a little bit banged up. He's, he was in a cast, uh, but he's supposed to get it off at some point. They think there's a chance he'll play in the FIU game. Um, What's your thinking? My thinking is, you know, maybe let him have another week of rest and, and, and wait till Duke. Oh, okay. So hold him out. But, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how he goes next week. Okay. And Will Mallory looked good on the touchdown pass, at least. That yeah. was a great, Will Mallory's a very good player. Ball. Very, very good player. I've, I've been hoping they would redshirt him. Uh, one of these years to to give him two years to be the dude after Brevin Jordan leaves, 
because he's just not getting to do a whole heck of a lot. But uh, maybe next, maybe next he, year with this kid, um, Mamorel coming in. Is that yeah, we'll name? see. But yeah, and you got Hod- and Hodges will be off the red shirt. He'll be able to play next year. But um, you know, he's getting better as a blocker, Mallory. From you know the having they've been using the tight ends a lot to block, and both he and Brevin Jordan have really stepped up their game blo- as blockers. <laughs> so you know that'll help them in their attempts to make it at the next level. Okay. Okay. Well, um, last thing, Gary, do you see us uh, bringing in a grad transfer as a kicker? I know you were talking with Carlos Guerta, who is arguably the best kicker. Him and Todd Sievers were the best two kickers I've ever seen at Miami. Um. But um, do you see Miami going that route? Because I think there are a couple of kickers that were mentioned, the kid from Columbia and then the kid from FIU. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be shocked, wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, that's Manny's philosophy. You have a problem, fix it. So, yeah. And I think Bax is done. I think that he's, he's just destroyed mentally. I don't see him come. I mean, Carlos said he could come back. Uh, maybe. You know, Carlos knows certainly knows better than me on that subject. But yeah. – uh, I look at that kid, and I'm watching him in pregame. He, he can barely function anymore. His balls are going all over the place. He has no idea what's happening anymore. So, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, a scholarship kickoff specialist, pretty much. Yeah, and I don't see that sustaining itself. So we'll see. Uh, okay. Although he's a weapon on those kickoffs, man. He might be worth a scholarship, never having to cover a kickoff. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, mean I, think, well, I think I'd give up one of 85 if I didn't have to worry about kickoff coverage. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. well, thank you. All right, Adam, thanks, call, thanks for being part of the show, man. All right, guys, it's time to take a moment here to talk about one of my favorite restaurants in all of South Florida. You've heard me time and time again discuss them and uh, talk about the great experience. I have dining at Sicilian Oven Restaurants and um, made a mistake the other day. Had a, I was visiting a friend at his office and they brought in, I want to say, I think it was Papa John's into their office and they offered me a slice and I grabbed the slice and I took a bite and it was, it was like, I mean, my, I felt like my body was going to go into convulsions because, you know, after all these months and now a few years of eating Sicilian oven pizza to, Take a bite of that Papa John's pie. Papa, I'm sorry, but you're a Louisville booster anyway. Um, I mean, I immediately, immediately felt the difference. And uh, I don't have to tell you about all the hundreds of places like, you know, around town, like Papa John's and Domino's and Joe's and Mike's and um, Vito's and where you can go buy pizza and Italian food. But there is no place quite like Sicilian Oven, which has those six locations throughout South Florida. Um, I go to the plantation location a lot because it's nearest to, to where I live. And um, great lunch specials, um, especially their pizza lunch specials, are really, really good. At Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining with a philosophy that is based on the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. And uh, many of their recipes have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. And um, nothing like the home-cooked sauce. 
You know, I mean, that's that, that's the key ingredient to all Italian food, pizzas, pastas. It's the sauce. And uh, they do a great job with that at Sicilian Oven. Uh, the excellence begins with those classic pizzas I talk about with traditional toppings. And it expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from anything you're going to get at the nearest chain store. You love wings. Their wood-fired wings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. And um, they also create a really good array of specialty dishes from eggplant carbonado and Parmesan to mussels Mario, fire-roasted shrimp Palermo. I tried those a few weeks back. Really, really good. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. All right, so football season's over. You're not feeding your tailgate party. So I don't have to stress just the locations that are near the stadium, that plantation location that I talked about at the Fountains Complex off the University Drive and the Aventura location at 250. And Biscayne. If you live near those and they're convenient for you, definitely use those locations. Um, but now it's a time to sample all the other ones as well. There's the location at Lighthouse Point at the shops at Beacon Light, where they just expanded their outdoor dining area. There's the Coral Springs location on Sample Road and 101st, Boca Raton location, and there's that location on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale that has the full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you and check out their menu. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste, but you will taste every bit of love that they put into every single thing they make. And um, hope you guys get a chance to experience it soon. All right, let's get back to your calls. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's your boy Sebastian. I got cut off last week. I guess you just ran out of time. Uh, oh, you know I'm what? Yeah, you were the last call. call. Some there was a, a technical yeah. thing that happened right at the end of the show. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Okay. It, it wasn't okay. about running out of time. It was that the, 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 the system went haywire right at the end. I'm glad it was at the end, though. Okay. But go ahead, man. You okay. got the floor. What do you got to say to us? I got the floor. Well, first of all, it's a good show tonight. It's a very, very good show, and uh, I appreciate what everything 305 has to say. But I just get it. You know, unless we get crystal ball, everything is just going to be negative. And I don't know what we're going to do to fix that, but that's just the reality of it. Everything's just going to be negative. And, but he brings up a with, lot with of him, with, Yeah, with him, uh, with him for sure. You know, and the, the thing yeah. is, it's like when I look at the landscape, and, I mean, I'm a believer that it's a, this job is, is almost impossible for a first-time head coach. And I think Manny's been thrown into the hornet's nest, and this job is, is so difficult. And I felt he should have gone to Temple. But when I look out there at the landscape, and you know, you see guys like PJ Fleck and Campbell, and and you know, some of these different coaches that are having success or re- or somewhat success at the different schools they're at. I really don't see a lot of guys out there that 
I think are game changers in this particular job. Now, you know, it's different. Okay, when Sam Jankovic hired Jimmy Johnson from Oklahoma State, and, and Jimmy had been a coach and it had been a head coach at that point for, for several years, um, nobody knew that he was going to come in and have the success that he had. Okay, you know, so you, you don't always know. Well, what I'm saying is you don't always know. Okay, but when I look around, I don't see a lot of guys out there that have the perfect toolbox for this Miami job. And because of what it's become and having the challenges and the difficulties of recruiting South Florida and all the cheating that's going on and everything else that you have to deal with now as the coach at Miami. I, I get where everything is coming from with Mario. Okay. I get where he's coming from with Mario. Cause I felt, I felt the same way when I looked at Mario Cristobal, I saw the guy that had exactly what, this particular program needs. And I'm not surprised he's having success out at Oregon and he'll continue to, he's going to dominate the West coast. Um, they can't keep up with him out there. He outworks everybody and is, is at a whole different level in terms of recruiting and evaluation and putting coaching staffs together than all those coaches in the PAC 12, including Mike, you know, I mean, Mike Leach, you know, runs the, the phenomenal air raid offense and all that. But if you're talking about building a program that can compete, for championships and things like that, I, I, I feel he's miles ahead of all those guys out there in, in, in the Pac-12. But as it pertains to this, I'm just going to say as it pertains to Miami, I felt that he had the perfect toolbox for this job, and that's why I thought at the time in December that he should have gotten this job. And I think everything 305 feels the same way, and that's why he's a broken record on it. I, you, you know, I get that. You know, you, what I wanted to – I don't want to run out of time, but what I wanted to talk about – No, you're, you're not going to run out of time. We owe you from last okay, week. Go okay. ahead. Okay, well, I, I appreciate it. The thing about the Jimmy Johnson thing, well, he was like the right coach at the right time, but he took his he took his licks and his wounds getting beat up by Oklahoma and Nebraska. And so he was in a position where, you know, when you're at Oklahoma State, you're not going to be able to recruit this caliber of athletes that you can recruit in South Florida at that particular time. And he figured out real quick – if I can get speed, you know, which I can't, because it, trying to recruit against Nebraska at that time and Oklahoma at that time was extremely difficult to get that Texas speed. But when he got to South Florida, I mean, it, it was like a buffet. I mean, they were all over the place, you know, and he did have the benefit of being a head coach. And I definitely agree with you on that particular point. And I'll give you this example to show exactly what I'm talking about. You know, we should have never lost that game to Georgia Tech, and I'll show you exactly how we lost it. You know, we've been talking a lot about the kicker and Bubba Basco or whatever, but I remember Al Golden did one – if I give him credit, he did one good thing. We were having a crappy year, and we were trying to get bowl eligible, and we needed to beat South Florida, and it was a 3-3 ball game. We needed to make a field goal. And I remember he called the timeout, and he brought his kicker over to the sideline, and he just kind of just coached him up. And we won that game 6-3. to three. And I look back at that game, and I really believe that this game is probably going to cost us the, the ACC. But he could have did that in the Georgia Tech game. Everything was going wrong with us in that Georgia Tech game. And he had an opportunity right then and there to call a timeout, settle his whole team down, and just coach him up and say, look, if everybody does their job, as bad as this game has been, we could still walk away with a W. And if we walk away with a W, that is what everybody's going to remember. And he didn't do it. I don't know if you remember that. If you go back and you watch 
we have an opportunity. Kick a field goal against Georgia Tech. We're inside the 20. We're struggling. The game has just gone horrible for us. He could have called the time out, and he could have settled the whole entire team together, and he could have allowed either of his kickers to kick it. He could have won back-to-back, or he could have let the new kicker, um, you know, be more settled. And if you remember, we threw, a, instead of running the ball, we had plenty of time. Instead of running the ball, we threw it on third down, which was dumb. We could have ran it to the center of the field where all we have to do is just get the ball up, and it would have been an extra point, point. we could have won that game. So I agree with you when you talk about, you know, first-year coach and the challenge that Manny has and all that other good stuff. And I understand what you're coming from in regards to Jimmy Johnson, but he got the crap beat out of him from Nebraska and Oklahoma, and he realized, look, I'll tell you what, when I got to face these guys again, I'm going to have more speed on the field. I'm going to be much bigger and I'm going to be much stronger. And that is what Manny is learning as he goes to this particular year. And when we talk about, you know, fix your issues, fix your problems, I mean, we fixed it on the punting side. Now we need to fix it on the field goal side. And I'll tell you this right here. I don't want to run out of time. I really believe we may still need basket before the year is over with. I mean, if no we're doubt. playing in a bowl game, we need to kick. And we, if we're playing in a bowl game, we need to kick a 48-yard field goal to win the game. He's the only guy that you can do it. Guy. He's the only He's guy the with only the guy physical ability to do it. But you should see. Be able to do that. And, you had to see the pregame warm-ups before I the Louisville it. game. I, I couldn't it. believe I couldn't Gary, believe what I, I was seeing, it. Sebastian. Gary, he can't I get he, it, but what I'm saying he, he can't is, kick the ball anymore. <laughs> he can't do it. Gary, it's unbelievable. I, listen, 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 listen. Hear me. You're going to run out of time. Here's what I'm saying. We may still need that guy. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, if we're in a bowl game and we're 8-4 and four, and we have a chance and we drive the ball down the field and we need to kick a 48-yard field goal, you better hope that what you're doing from now over the next three weeks or the next four weeks when we get into bowl season is trying to win that guy back. Because if we need to make that kick, I would rather take my chance on whatever issues he has with the only kicker on the team that has the leg to make a 48-yard field goal for us to go 9-4 and four and for us to have a decent, respectable season going into next year. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But you bring up some very, very good points. But – I get it from 305, unless Crystal Ball comes here, and he would have been phenomenal. I'm a true Mario fan. I'm an Alabama hater, and I know what he did for Alabama. But he ain't coming. He ain't coming. At least he ain't coming this year. At least he ain't coming next year. So I got to look at this team and say, what can we do to make ourselves better? And that's what I want to center my conversation about in regards to what do we do need to going forward. You know, our offensive line has been horrible. But they've got a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. There's been some improvement. And I'll show you I'll show you where the improvement has been. We've been rotating Campbell in for Donaldson. You know, we've been able to break off a couple of long runs. I mean, when I look at Cam Harris, I'm so glad he plays for Miami and don't play for Wisconsin. Because he'd be a Heisman <laughs> Trophy candidate. I mean, if, could you imagine him on Wisconsin? I mean, he just looks phenomenal. I mean, he, he gets through the hole, I think, a whole lot quicker than DJ Dallas. And it seems like we're running the ball with some effectiveness, and I think that has a lot to do with our offensive line. For whatever reason, over the last couple of weeks, we found the deep ball. And we've been able to kind of use that in our particular arsenal. And those are things that I think can kind of help us. You know, if we don't win the ACC this year, we have to accept the fact that we lost two home games at home that we should have lost. 
and that's just the reality of it. But at the same time, I still believe if we're able to get through the season and get through nine, get to nine and four, I think that really, really kind of helps us. And that does help us with recruiting. You know, the, the reality of the fact is, you know, we may not get a lot of these five stars and four stars or whatever, but we still got to build a team. I mean, we only have like 70 scholarship players, you know. I mean, that's kind of hard to be ACC championship competitive. On Give, give Clemson 70 scholarship players, even with all their five stars. And I don't think they do it. I don't think they do it. And I don't think that they I don't think that they kind of makes that happen. Now what I am concerned about is when you talk about recruiting when 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 certain kids are not even offered, when certain kids are not even being talked to, I really struggle with that cuz I really find that very very hard to believe. But there's too many other people that kind of back that up and I'm looking to you to for you to answer the question like why like why you 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 talk to these coaches all the time? What's the rationale for not offering these kids scholarships? Yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, I mean, I mean, if you ask them, like, how how did you not offer? You know, some of these kids. Now I understand that some of those guys can kind of turn you down, but I think the only thing that fixes that is winning. I think that's the only thing that does. That you definitely, that you winning. definitely have to win, but it, it's be, this is beyond that. How so? Well, it just, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a way bigger issue than just winning. I'm mean, winning is obviously part of it, but it's, it's just a bigger issue. I mean, what, what, when you say winning is, is winning is more of it. What I see is when I look at twenty four seven sports and I look at all the offers that goes out. You know, I don't like us playing around with like that Francis kid, you know, you want to commit, you want to decommit. You got to learn to kind of move on to the next person. I don't see a lot of like out of state recruiting. Like we never get a kid from Louisiana. When we were getting Ed Reed and Reggie Wayne and King Jolay. We were getting kids from Louisiana. I mean, you're bringing these coaches on the coaching staff. What's their recruiting pedigree like? You know, well, Hartley. Well, that was the, that was the, that was that team. was another one of the first-time head coach mistakes that Manny made. Like he didn't he didn't he didn't put the staff a recruiting staff together. You know that that's it's a mistake. I mean, it, it, you're gonna when you are a first-time head coach, you were it's the mistakes are unavoidable. Just, I mean, I've been watching this enough. It doesn't matter who it is; they're gonna make a million mistakes, and what, and and that what, that was that was one of the mistakes. I mean, you, you know, it's one thing to to um, say, okay, I gotta give certain slots up. You know, if I'm gonna land this offensive coordinator and things like that, but you better make sure that the guys coming in are are big time recruiters because you can't survive right now if you don't have that. And you know, they've got a couple guys on the defense on the defensive staff to get after it. Um, you know, uh, but I, it's nowhere near enough. Like they 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 need more stronger recruiting in the program and, and on the coaching staff. There's no question about it. Now, I don't know how Manny sees it, and I don't know if he's going to make any adjustments or not, but there is no question about it. Uh, I have not – I've been doing this for over 40 years. I have not seen recruiting in as bad a situation as it is right now, with all respect to 
what the team ranking is going to be when the class is put together. It was, There's so just so much. It was better under Randy Shannon. You said absolutely. You think it was better under Randy Shannon. Absolutely, absolutely, wow. it was. You know, look at the offensive line that Randy Shannon left behind. Brandon Linder, John Feliciano, um, you know, guys well, he, that are to this, saying, he, guys he, that he guys that are playing in the around. NFL to this day. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, he pulled Chantrell Henderson. Chantrell Henderson. Chantrell Henderson. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Pulled, I know. That's what I'm. Him. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, yeah, it absolutely was better. You know, all the, so, so, the all the South Florida kids weren't turning their back on Randy. Randy would have gotten Amari Cooper. Randy would have gotten Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he just you know couldn't get it all together quick enough. We 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 had a but, we had a dud for an AD. We had a dud for an AD at that time that really wanted to make a name for himself. He needed an opportunity to hire a football coach. He should have never fired Randy Shannon. You know, you know, I believe every coach can have a bad year, but it doesn't mean that they're a bad coach. And if you stick with them long enough, sometimes they can fix the right – they make a right the wrong that they that, – Well, they that, never that, gave that them the resources. Really... Randy didn't have 50% of the resources they have today. Well, well, then that's a reflection of the leadership then. So, I mean, I mean winning championships is a top-down business. It starts – it's more than the head coach. It doesn't just start with the head coach. You know what I mean? I mean, you may get a head coach wonder, uh, 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 wonder guy, but when Mel Moore hired Nick Saban, he pretty much he pretty much stole him from the Dolphins and pretty much gave him the farm and said, whatever you need to do to make us a winning team, you can do that. And every single coach wants to be able to walk into a situation when they have that. And when they don't, you can't blame them when they struggle. You cannot blame them when they struggle. So I'll leave you with this comment right here because I know I've sucked up a lot of oxygen. We're six and four, okay? We got FIU and we got Duke. On any given year, if I was a Miami, as a lower Miami fan that I am, if I said that our next two games are against FIU and Duke, you would think those should be automatic wins, right? Um, I did on, when, the, any, when the season you, started, yeah. Exactly. But, but, but for the most part, you would think that we would win those two games. What I'm saying And the way is, we're playing now, we should. We should win those two games. I mean, we, FIU we without question. And Duke's not playing very well right now. I mean, we should win that game. So, I mean, they should finish 8-4, and four, which would only be one game worse than I thought they would finish. But, so, with that being said, if we take care of business and we're 8-4 and four, and we're at the mercy of what bowl game that we need to go to, this is my thoughts, and I want to hear your opinion, and you can put me on hold. If we end the season 8-4, and four, I don't care what bowl we play. I don't care if we play in the peanut bowl. If we win that bowl game, we're sitting up at nine and four. We could at least walk away feeling some sort of positive, but we'd also have a nasty taste in our mouth of the season at what might have been. I yeah, get it's twenty six. It. It's a it's a it's an exact replica of twenty sixteen, when we lost those four so, so, ACC so we, games in the middle and then came back and won five in a row to end the year. And so that was Mark Rick's. Uh, I think that was Mark Rick's first, first year, year. Uh, when yeah. we won the bowl, when we won a bowl game. So we had yeah, we beat, to win we beat West Virginia in Orlando. West Virginia. We beat West Virginia. So uh, what I want to hear from you is if we run this if we run run this run this scenario and we eight and four and we are able to whatever bowl we win, win the bowl game, what what's gonna be your comments, what's gonna be your thoughts for the season that where we at 
and what do we need to do to take it to the next level? Because I, I, mean, I would say the season when went about as I expected with 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 the qualifier being I didn't expect to lose the, the games the way we did, but you never know how what games you're going to lose and how. I thought it would be a nine and three team. It would have ended up being an eight and four team, and my opinion would be that the only way that this program gets out of this cycle of going eight and four, nine and three, you know, sometimes, I mean, we've won the coastal one out of 16 years. Uh, the only way we get out of that is if recruiting goes to a whole nother level. That's the, you know, and, and, and that's before you get to, does the coaching need to be better? You know, that's a whole different debate. But to me, the but first thing that needs to get you... better is the quality of, 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 of players coming into the program. You must get some more elite players and you must start keeping more but of the yeah. South Florida kids home. But Gary, when you say but when you say that, Gary, as a fan, we can continue to support our team. We can keep doing what you need to do, and you do a good job as far as holding the administration, the the coaches, and all that stuff accountable, whatnot. But that's not a conversation as a fan I can have with the coaches. And so I don't know if you're able to kind of share that with them. But I mean, if you see that we're this, excuse my French, pathetic in recruiting, how do you communicate that to them to say, look, you know? Uh, what is it going to take for us to start attracting, you know, that elite there's, talent? There's nothing I'm going to say that they do don't it. already – there's nothing I'm going to say they don't already know. They believe that they can take these second-tier kids and develop them into into great players. And yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, they're, they're, That gives me a pessimistic it, view because it just ain't happening. They're not even trying with the they're, – they're trying with very few of the elite kids. They're not going or out there and battling with Georgia Alabama. and Bama. I don't I think they Alabama. feel they can win those battles. Well, and maybe they can. I hate Alabama. I hate Alabama with a passion because I know Alabama is not Alabama without South Florida talent. I've always said that. You take mm-hmm. away South Florida talent from Alabama, and they're Mississippi State. No, That's I wouldn't exactly go that far. But, but 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 the South Florida kids have, without question, put them over the top. All right, Sebastian, let me let you run now because I got a bunch of guys that want to get on here in the final forty-five minutes. So it, um, thanks Keep so much home. for being part of the show. We'll talk to you next time. Let's go to the uh, 973. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Ross? How you doing this week, man? What's going on, man? Um, you're having a good show. But, um, of course, you know I'm going to agree and disagree with a lot of stuff that's being said tonight. Um, <clears throat> good interview. Very, very, a lot of important Comments by Yorda. Um Can't remember did he wear number twenty seven or something like that. Your child. No, I'm saying. I know who he is. I'm saying. He was, I think, twenty seven. I'll tell you right now. Wait, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll tell. I'll tell. Something like that. I'll tell. My memory. I'll tell you me right. Wait, what are you? Ask, you're asking. Is maybe his I'm not understanding. Was it twenty seven? I believe it was. Yeah, but he 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 played. Um, where the play this is in my mind that it was twenty seven. Eighty eight to ninety one and yes, I do think he was twenty seven. Yeah, see that's that's pretty cool. I mean I saw a lot yep. of that on highlights and stuff and I just remember that. But anyway, listen yep. man. Um I stay on the same lines of um so many things that were said, even just, just right now, I mean I can't cover it all, but to stay on the same line as far as special teams, let me ask you this. <laughs> it's gonna sound weird this matching this question, but I'm curious. Um, would I punter? If I'm not mistaken, he's 27 years old, correct? I don't think 27. I think 24. 
No, I think he's that. I think he's older than 24. But anyway, here's a question for you. He's a he's a redshirt sophomore, so we get him for another two years. Uh yeah. If he wants to stay here for two more years. That's what. What does that mean? If he wants to stay here for another. Well, year? he 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 went to JUCO first, so that started his clock. Exactly. So, so he, he could he spent one he year there and he could three. He could theoretically leave after next year, I believe. He gets three to play, though. He gets three to play. No, but he could he could leave. He, he this is his second year on his clock, so okay. he could leave after next year, I believe, if he wanted to. Yeah, I kind of know how all that stuff works. I, I deal with it on the basketball side. I just want I, it's in my head. I think he's twenty seven years old, Gary. Check that out, though. He's, I think he is. No, he's twenty four. Anyway, I did. He's 24. 24. Okay. Yep. Okay. I know he's pretty older. Um, hey, I'm curious about this. Um, with Senior Day and all the festivities going on, were we did we celebrate or did we honor? Um, did we give Amar Richard something? Did we do something for him? Did we did no. we recognize him? No, he wasn't part of Why it. Why not? Yeah, that, that, Why? I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. Might not have been a bad idea. By the way, I think Headley what, what? has now turned 25, Ross. So I think he had a birthday and is, is now 25. Okay, I know he's pretty older, but yeah, let's go back to Richards. Why? Why didn't we? Why didn't we do it? I I don't know. I'm not involved in that, obviously. It doesn't make any sense. He's part of the program. Yeah, I can't. I mean, it I can't a, comment on it. I have no idea whether it was discussed. You know, if nobody thought of it. You know, I have no idea. So go ahead, go to go to the next subject because I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Would have been a good idea anyway. Though. Would have been a would have been a good idea. Same line. It goes in the same line that the guy who wanted to to um propose to his wife, his future wife, and the lady make up some cockroach story about the events not being enough. It's terrible. Yeah, that's it's terrible. terrible. That one's terrible. Sound right. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, that's, that's terrible. Not, no, all that's the nonsense bad. they got going on anyway. You know, the stupid giveaways. And all yeah, that. like how many damn plaques does Blake James have to present? Like. Exactly. And you can't run a guy out there to do something that's going to let everybody pay attention to the monitor and, 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 and have a good time with it. Man, that's, that's, that's stupid. Anyway, um, on the recruiting side, um, like you say, he might not come, but it's, it's more than justification for the kid flow. Let me give you a heads up. I'm just going to leave you with this. We're not going to get into it. He's also very close with um, Rohan Marley. Yeah, we know. Let's just, you know. You know, let's just put that. I, I have an inside track on that type of stuff. No. Um, you know, so it's not. Say, don't, don't let me just say. I, this. I, I think close. Go. I think close would be an exaggeration, but well, let me but say Rohan. I'm telling you. But Rohan did go to meet him. But but let me. Can I put a little caveat on it? Oh, and you might be like, it doesn't mean anything. Gary, I'm Jamaican, so I personally know everything that's going on with that. But the only reason why he he might not come is when he look at the entire landscape of things. It doesn't match. It's a business. It's a business decision for him. He of wants course. to come to Miami, but it becomes more of like, what's going to get me to the league quicker? What's well, he, he could come to Miami and get to the league. That's not an But issue. you know what I'm talking about. It all has to look good. It's a question of this. Does he want to go to the place that's, that's, that's got an established roster that's competing for the national that's title every year? So you or does he want to go to a place way. and try to be a difference – for a program that's trying to get to that level, that's the only decision. And he can't, he, he he can, but here's the thing: there's a trust factor there too because of the roller coaster ride that's going on. He doesn't want to, he may not want to take that type of a chance. It might be a he's risk really, he doesn't need to take. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's really in love with the U, 
and he's big on it. He knows the history and all that type of stuff. But there comes a small business decision and all like that. Okay, so we're just going to leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to um, I wanted to make sure I get that um, um to you. All right, let's 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 jump on something that me and you discussed last week, and you kind of like ripped me to threads with it, and um, <laughs> it was okay. Um, congratulations to um TL on being probably one of the first guys that got invited to an All Star game, and it's the Senior Bowl, right? He's probably one of the first. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be yeah. much more of a Well, he's the highest-rated guy on the, the board. Uh, he's the highest-rated okay. Miami player on the board right now, the guy that came from Virginia okay. Tech. And, and, and to be honest, and to be honest, I'm only going to give a mulligan. I'm only going to give a mulligan to the first game, okay? I give a mulligan for the first game, and I, and I really don't want to do that because the whole information that was out there that he had to get in shape and blah, 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 blah. But after that he first did. game, if I'm not mistaken, wait a minute. After that first game, did we not get a bye? We had a bye, right, Gary? I believe that's correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay, trying to so remember. How do, yeah. we, how, how do we explain him and Russo a piece, not together, a piece missing 60 starting snaps? It was a mistake. 60 snaps. It was a, it was a mistake. Okay, and you Period. argued with me last week about that. No, and I didn't. We gave Patchman all those no, you did. made a statement that I said something about Patchman that I just didn't say. Gary, all our callers know that you they're just afraid to come on and tell you that. I went back and no, I listened to the tape again. No, you're, you're, you're wrong. I recognize that Russo was behind Patchman in terms of setting the edge in the run game. Oh, please. Without, without oh, please. question, at that point of the year, he was. And that's why Patchman was starting. I didn't Gary, say I thought Patchman was a better player than Russo, but let's not argue about I that never again, said, Ross. I never said Come on, move on. We, we did that last week, Ross. We did it last week. Move on. But I just want to make this point that it was 60 snaps. That's, that's horrible. I understand. You're you right. You can't do that. And you can't do that to the kids. You cannot do that to the fan base. Let's recognize what it is. We're not going to jump around and act like it didn't happen. Okay? Um, a lot of stuff is being mentioned tonight. Listen, matter of fact, let's just get back to this. Great win. Um, let me give um, Eno some kudos a little bit. That design play that he set up for the tight end came wide open. Garen got on the run a little bit and made that play. Good designs. But he still we're not going to take our foot off his neck, and we're not going to give him any breaks from some of the other stupid stuff that they was doing during the game as far as play calling and stuff. What do you mean the we? the bombs that we were supposed to hit the bomb. Who's we? Just saying we as fan base. We as fan base. Oh. Because you know, you, why, you, know, you, I don't, you know why I won't include you, Gary? Because during this whole conversation tonight, you're going, okay, the one guy who had the question, no, the one guy had the question to you about Wake Forest, it's like I keep telling you sometimes you talk up on both sides of your mouth, Gary, because you're saying that we don't have the same talent as Wake Forest, but in another conversation with somebody else. I didn't say that. that up. He I, didn't say we don't, you were, I didn't say we don't have the same talent as Wake Forest. But I, you said what I don't said was the teams like was, other teams. No, what I said was that when we get into these tight games with all these ACC teams, we do not have elite players to pull us through them, and we win some of them and we lose some of them. That's what I said. Yeah, and it was about recruiting, and you said we don't have the same type of. We, we, at the end no, of the day, we, and it, I said we don't to, have as great a disparity. To, I said I said the disparity is not as great as people would want to think it is. That's and all he was trying to make the point is that we're not being coached up the way we're supposed to. When, if, if things are put in place. At, at times. Put, and other times we are. 
It's a week-to-week thing. Some like the last two weeks, we were coached up just fine. You have a problem with the coaches? You have a problem with the coaches from the last two weeks? I don't have a problem as far as that. As far as we schemed it right, we take it, we took care of business. Let me just make some other credit. Credit to the offensive line. I love the fact that they're substituting um, Donaldson out of there when they're going to do certain things. I mean, that's kind of a giveaway to the op to, to, to the opponent that we're about to do something. If you study that, you might be able to catch on. But I don't care because he sometimes he can't get up off his off. off he can't plug holes. He can't. He can't do certain things that we need him to do, and I hope this, I hope he don't think anything about going towards the league. I hope he dedicate himself to losing at least 20, 25 pounds in the offseason because that's an embarrassment that everybody else on the offensive line is in shape. A freshman could be in shape, and he's yeah, just I'm, gotten I'm in the kind doors of in Miami. That, I'm kind of shocked that he gained all that weight and, and you know, a stop sign wasn't put on. I don't know. And you have, and you have people around to help you with that stuff. There's new. Well, they're, he's, 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 they're in there every day. Like, I don't know. And I mean, I don't know how that happened. It's shocking, shocking. And I hope he, he, he sends a message back to the league. Well, they did send a message. They took, some, they took his playing time away, and they started. No, I'm not talking about that. Started, about hopefully he sends a message to the league that he's willing to work this, this offseason, get down to the weight, and be able to finish up strong in senior season because he's going nowhere this year as far as the league. And if he does, major mistake, and he won't be drafted. Because if Darling can't be drafted, he won't be drafted. And he's much more talented than Darling, but it's the, it's the commitment that the league that wants, they want to see. It's the stuff that they will look at and they want to see. Okay, so um, I'm just I'm just I'm just shocked. Okay, let's let, let's let's let me let me say something about um, Jeff Thomas a little bit. Let's just let's just just really. Um, if you notice, they took some responsibility away from him. They took him off the punt return. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's a little bit of a punishment because of stuff that went on as far as the suspension, but it's also a trust factor too. Mm-hmm. Because he can't mess around with his head right right now. His head ain't right. And you can't take the chance that he's not going to come out and do what he needs to do. And he's another guy. Honestly, Gary, I'm going to say this, and it might not be a very popular comment. And I, I might, I might contradict myself down the road. But I almost feel like we probably shouldn't even bring him back with all even the problems that we're having offensive um, wide receivers. I probably because you don't want a guy that's not going to be able to work and do. He should by now. He's an elder statement on the team. He should, he should have it down packed by now. This is a second and third chance. If you can't get it down by now on a team like this that needs your talent, then you should just be mature, be one of the mature guys in the room, in the building. When is he going to get it? And I don't think they want to take the chance with the psyche of kids that you're trying to build with with that type of psyche. And I'm not trying to be super down on them. I'm just pointing out the fact that you got to be very careful with that type of stuff. Yep, no doubt. All right, Russ, i got to get other guys on, man. Got to get other guys on. Wrong about attachment, and I hope somebody called him and, and get on you about. I'm not. I'm not wrong. You just got to pay man. attention You're to what wrong. I say. All right, Ross. You said what you just said. Pay, no, you... All right, Ross. Goodbye, Ross. Just pay attention though to what I really say, and and don't make it up, and you won't be so angry. Let's go to the two one four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Jake from St. Pete. What's up, Jake? How you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I. Uh... I agree with that last caller. Uh, I think this Jeff Thomas experiment's got to uh, come to an end. But uh, he's, he's, he's not impacting the season very much. No, and I just, you know, to me, um, I'm kind of—I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'm kind of torn. Like when I see 
these kids defecting part of me i kind of i kind of like it because if, if if that's the softness of your mentality i don't see you changing the the dynamics of this team like if you're no. not willing to get it especially like you know like high power uh, you know i'm always oh, gonna go be a stud for asu yeah right get out of here how many of these guys who enter the portal look at martel he's garbage you know and i'm not saying he didn't want to compete maybe he did maybe he didn't but uh you know, at the end of the day, these guys are, you know, if you, if you can't stick in there and compete with the, the big boys, and we're not even, you know, we're not a top 10 program right now. So, like, you know, if you can't hack it here, what, what do you think? You're going to go somewhere else and uh, start lighting up the show? Get real. Like, so I, I just, to me, so I, what I was going to call about, you know, all these guys ragging on Manny Diaz, talking about it. And I, I know you're on the Mario bandwagon too, but what you know what would mario have done differently here he he would have inherited the same shit right now this he's, this he's year a, probably a nothing the, but but the 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 recruiting infrastructure of the program would be at a whole nother level so so here's 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 something i'm i'm going to bring up the right now i mean you, you look at any miami website you see all these recruits starting to hop back on board this week and last week what happened I'll tell you what happened. We're winning, and we're winning good. We're we're not just like squeaking. We're we're kicking the shit out of teams, and that's it. I mean, 2018. What was the recipe there? We had the number seven class in the country. That's enough to get you up there with the big boys. What happened that year? We won. It's it's so plain and simple. And I mean. You got to look at what Diaz is doing this year. I, I mean, look, he, he's made plenty of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. He's a first-year head coach. He's going to do that. You got to you got to stick with it. If it was Mario Chris, I, if Urban Meyer came here, what what, what were we going to do? Compete for a national championship this year? Get real. Like, you know, so look at I just said look at what he's doing this year. The offensive line. I'm not saying problem solved, but. My God, the strides we've made uh, in in you know the ten weeks of this season, uh, the secondary seems to be coming along fairly well. We had no proven talent in the secondary other than Bandy, and we've got a lot of guys making some big strides there. Um, you know, I mean, you you can go down the list. You start winning. I mean, if we win the next two games, I personally think we there's no reason we shouldn't. And uh, I, I think these should be two blowout wins again. You know, if we go into a bowl game and uh, put on a nice show, I think we're going to finish the recruiting. You know, I mean, it, 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 the bowl game, I think, will be kind of irrelevant by that point because, you know, your, your class is kind of nowadays it's set by December. You're, you're just hoping, you know, you might be able to sweep a few other things up. But, I mean, you know, and I agree with you. This class is kind of weird in that you got a lot of guys there. You don't have a lot of the elite guys. But we're still, we're the number, what, nine, ten class right now? It's holding strong. And if anything, I yeah, think it's number ten in the rankings. Is, I mean, there, there's going to be some schools that are going to fill out their class and, and it'll, it'll, they'll go past us. We'll finish probably 14, 15, somewhere in there. Thir- yeah, which, you know, 13, I mean, 14, 15, ideal, which but... is, no, it's, it's, it's not terrible at all. I, I my, my personal thing. opinion is that, that I don't just see a lot of elite. I see a lot of good players. I don't see a lot of elite. 
but here's the thing. Next year, Florida is stacked with – and we have a lot of them committed already. But the thing is, we finish this year strong, and if we put on a good show next year, we, we win 10 games next year, maybe 11. You know, Michigan State's nowhere near as good as Florida is. Uh, you know, so we win 10, 11 games next year. We get Williams back. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to win out or that's a guarantee, but now we're back in the fold with James Williams. Now we're back in the fold, you know, and, and then we can close out with some of these high-end kids. Maybe you get Tate, you know, uh, back in the, uh, in the, in the picture. Maybe you, you make him think a little bit. But, you know, when he committed to Clemson, we're three and three. We just lost to Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, we barely beat Central Michigan. Well, what's there to think about? You got an undefeated team, national champion. They want you. And then you got the hometown team that looks like hot garbage. So it's like, you know, winning is everything in this. I think you were saying earlier, these kids, you know, a lot of these elite kids, they're assuming that they're going to go to the NFL. So if you can go play for a national champion, you're surrounded by all kinds of talent. You can have a blast when, you know, what these kids don't like to lose. So if I can go to a team, that's going to win 11 to 15 games in a season, or I can go to a team that's winning eight or nine. The answer's made up there. I mean, who, who wants to, <laughs> who wants to lose all those games? It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Let me ask you this though. Um, a take on the, the recruiting standpoint. What, how does Manny manage? So like right now, it seems like there's a lot of, a lot of guys out there who are giving us a second look saying, Hey, maybe, you know, we're turning the corner here. Maybe things are turning around. We're running out of space now. I mean, I'm assuming that Smith's kid, uh, that Antonio Smith is gone. Good riddance. I don't know why we went after that or we gave that kid a, a scholarship that quickly. Uh, I, I never thought he looked all that great to begin with, but like you got some of these other kids, like um, who's that, who's that Florida state kid uh, who's the linebacker who's been uh, talking with us uh, since that loss. Um, Jalen Harrell. No, not, uh, not him. Uh, he's not a Wakula, I think. Um, Green. Keyshawn Green? Uh, Keyshawn Keyshawn Green. Green. Yeah. Let's say we flip him. We're not taking six linebackers in this class. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. What do you do then, though? And and do you see that becoming an issue? Like, you know, let's say we we went out and some of these kids start hopping back on board. I don't want them to take him, but you know what? He is an upgrade. What if Francois wants back on board? You know, there's all these other kids. What if Knighton uh, comes up? So my point is, how do? What do you think Manny does to manage that? Because you know, they got it. They'll have to make decisions. They'll have to make decisions on who they think are the better players. That's all. Yeah, I just do. You think that? Do you think that though could cause some issues with recruiting? Just in that, you know, you got a kid who's been committed with us for 15 months, and now uh, you know somebody better comes along, and we we cut the cable on them, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you wouldn't want to do it at a school that you count on year after year after year. I mean, for sure. But I mean, listen, it's part of the game now. 
Kids do it. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to cut kids, a kid kids. from South Dade or something that. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, but kids, you, you know, kids do it in the opposite, in the opposite direction. So we'll see. I mean, do you think that's something where maybe like you go out of state, like that Austin Cave kid? You know, it's not like uh, New Jersey's a hotbed for Miami recruiting. I mean, yeah, that... yeah, you could you could do that. I'm not sure how they're prioritizing the linebackers. I'm not sure how many they would take. Um, you know, Ruben Hippolyte is still sitting there. They, you know, they've been playing yeah, back and forth with him. So, you know, they're, they're recruiting Justin Flo. Of course, they're not giving up there. So, but even though they're not likely going to get him, but they, as a staff, they're not giving up on that. He just officially visited. So, you know, they're, they're juggling a lot of balls. Yeah. I mean, that's just something like, I, you know, I, I don't know, just from a, a numbers standpoint, like, you know, I was thinking just like with that Darnell Washington kid, say we get him here and, you know, he said, okay, well, Georgia hardly uses a tight end. Miami's using Brevin Jordan all day long. He's only going to be yep. here for probably one more year. You know, it's yep. like, do you got to cut Mamarelli loose or something like that? And like, you know, that, that, that was one that kind of concerned me is like, yeah, do you have room for the two of them? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, Mamarelli's, I mean, I don't know. We could play that game all day long, but you know, I mean, yeah, we'll I, see. I like we'll see, we'll see once they get into December. You know, when they get a better feel for what these kids are going to do, and they'll, they'll they'll work it out. All right, let me let some other guys get on, man. Thank you so yep, much for the call. Yep. Right, yep. Give us a call next, yeah. next time. Yep. Let's go to the five six one. You're on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's up, Gary? How you doing? That's you, man. Who's this? Yeah. Uh, it's Scooter Dupont. Hey, what's up, Scooter? Hey, brother. Um, Talk to us, man. What yeah, you got? This Roger Weld. Yeah, so I, I'll hit you with a couple quick ones. I know you want to get to other people. Uh, Huerta. I don't even think the guy watches Hurricane football anymore, man. You had him on. Uh, I don't know. You yeah, remember you Todd Seavers? He said two games. Yeah, I remember Todd Seavers. Yep. He was on our national – he was in 2001. Yeah, I remember him. He actually the 40-yarder versus Ohio State. Um, he was like 6'2". He played in the – he played for the – Yeah, I remember. I remember him. Very good kicker. Yeah, he set. Yeah, he set the amount of I think. The, remember when he had that that uh, he set the amount of like uh, made extra points for us. He, he did it like two seasons in a row. Like he never missed an extra point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember all this, but I think he's the he, he's he's the man. Uh, Huerta's the man too. But Huerta played in a lot. Huerta played like a long time ago when you could have, when you he was like five eight. Seabers was like six one. But uh, hey. anyway. Uh, the other thing is, you know, a lot of these fans, um, it's just interesting watching, like, you know, uh, who's the guy who was like, he, he coached like women's volleyball or something and he comes on here. Yeah. That's, a, that's he, everything 305. Yeah. 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 He's always angry and stuff. And he is angry. You know what it is? Yeah. He's an angry dude. And then you got these other fans in here. They only, I think they only watch hurricane football. And they'll say things like, you know, oh, you know, next year we're going to be, lo- you know, we got Jeff Thomas and we got uh, whoever the, our other receiver, KJ K. Osborne. And yeah. I mean, let me tell you something. I turned on the, the, the LSU-Alabama game the other day, and the difference is just staggering. It's staggering. And they don't realize that everybody's got a KJ Osborne or a T. Jeff Thomas or a, you know what I mean? Like, if you go to uh, Oklahoma, they got, they got Jeff Thomas. You know, our players aren't special just because they're from Miami. You know, they, they, everybody's got uh, these, you know, these – people are looking at who's our middle linebacker, uh, Shaq Quarterman. 
There's a Shaq Quarterman over in Ohio State. You know, everybody's doing the same thing we're doing. There's nothing special about this team just because they're Miami. And the just whole got a lot of work to do. A lot of work. Go ahead. Well, everybody's got a lot of work to do. Everybody's got a lot of work. You know, Virginia Tech's got a lot of work to do. You know, our coach isn't smarter than their coach. Our Their coach could have been our coach. You see what I'm saying? It, it's just there's a couple teams that really have a well-organized thing. And, you know, they, they got recruiting down. They have a system. Um, and then, you know, there's like a couple of elite teams. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, yeah, you know, you know, the, the thing that the best one of the best things Jaron Williams did, did to get the starting position was he sat out on that Wednesday. I think that really put, uh, you know, Diaz on in check and he won the starting. I mean, if, if Nikosi would have been smart, he should he wouldn't have been so compliant. Uh you know, <laughs> Come Diaz, on, man. That was not that was not um a sound game game plan by any stretch. He screwed up. Jaron screwed up. Now the one thing it did do the the one here's what it did do. It created a circle of the wagons. Scooter, let me tell you what it did. It created a circle of the wagons moment for the team. And they had a a, a very uh, open team meeting where things were said and whether it's real or not real, they believe in unison that it brought them together and they believe that that's why they've won the last couple of weeks and, and psychology is as much as anything in this game. So it's awesome. But beyond that, there was nothing good. There was nothing great about what Jaron did missing practice. He won. That was one of the best things he could have done. He met, he let Diaz know what was up that day. You know, he let him know like, Hey man, I'm going to sit out. You better, you you don't know. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know that. You don't know that that's that that's what he was doing. So, that, I mean, you can't represent the kid like that's that. That's what was done. I mean, I, you're saying I don't know. You don't know either. That was, you you know that he sat out, and then right after that, he started him. So that's what was done. You don't know either. But uh, you know, I, I mean, I just think that this team, honestly, it's it's just a mediocre team. Um, we get mediocre classes. We're, we're kind of running the pack. Uh, a lot of the fans out there don't know what they're talking about. Um, we're you know, we could get back on track, um, but it's going to take a, a pretty big effort. Yep, a lot really of a lot, a lot, a lot of work ahead. So it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a good thing that you, that you are the one that knows everything. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Scooter. <laughs> hey man, call call us again, okay? I'm just kidding with you. All right, man. All right, no, man. I know Bye-bye. you. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank God we got Scooter, man. Scooter. Scooter knows everything that's going on. No other fans know anything. So, and 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 I certainly don't know anything. So, thank thank you, Scooter. Please make sure you call in every week. Let's go to the two one zero. You are on Kane Sport Live. Two one zero. Going once. Going twice. All right, man. We'll have to get you next time. All right, I'm, this next call, I believe, is from Bermuda, if I'm not – from Bermuda, Canada, Australia, if I'm not correct. Am I right about that? Bermuda, you with us? All right, I guess that one's no good either. It was a funky, uh, funky zip code that came up on the board. I don't know. He said he tried to call last week, so I thought it was him. All right, and let's go out to the 786. You're on Kane Sport Live. Seven eight six, are you with us? 
Going once, going twice. All right, we'll have to get you next time too. All right, guys, I got an open board. We got 14 minutes of show. So if you if you if you want to get in, uh, do so now. In the meantime, I am going to hit the last questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesboard.com. Um, let's see what we got here. Special teams are looking a little bit more special. We actually blocked the punt, and Osborne was taking punt returns and looked lively. Uh, did he replace Thomas? Well, it certainly looked like he did. I don't know what they'll do in the FIU game, um, but it certainly looked like he, he had replaced them because he was out there for every single one and did a nice job. So um, he did it at Buffalo. He has experience, and it looked to me like he did a good enough job that he probably earned another another turn against FIU. We'll see how that one plays out. Out of all the juniors on the team, who should go in the draft? Well, I think DJ Dallas is the only one who should go. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, Jeff Thomas hasn't had a great or consistent year. I think John Garvin has underachieved a little bit. John Ford certainly has not done enough notable things that he should be thinking about it. So I think they should all come back except DJ. But um, I think he's DJ is probably about as good as he's going to get. And, and that's why it, it makes sense for him to um, to do it. But uh, – I don't know. We'll see. That's never stopped anybody in the past, so we'll see what decisions they make. But right now, I would have to say DJ. Is the staff working to assure the juniors who are not ready to not go to the draft? I would uh, Yes, that is already in motion. It's a big part of the agenda here um, in, these, um, in this open week. Manny Diaz said that he is going to try to talk to all those kids about that. So I would say yes, the ones that are not ready, he will certainly – uh, try to make a compelling case to them that they should not do so. Will Manny make staff changes even if the Canes win out? Not sure on that one either. Um, you know, I think it's going to depend on how Manny feels about recruiting. I'm not sure he's going to make staff changes based on anything that's happened on the field. I think it's really recruiting and are, is everybody on the staff carrying their weight in recruiting? And uh, if he analyzes it from that lens, then I would say that there's probably a decent chance he makes a few changes. If if he doesn't and he feels like the status quo is good enough, then he won't. And um, that's why he's the head coach. It's it's his call on those fronts. Um, could the 2019 season end up surpassing the 2017 season? No, it won't. The Canes would tend to know that year. I, I would equate this year to 2016. Uh, they lost four games in the middle of the season, really bad ACC losses, and then they won their last five games, and that was the catalyst to going 10 and 0 to start 2017. So I think you got to hope that they can run this thing out, win the last five here, and that that can serve as a catalyst going into the bowl game and next year. And the the, the bowl game will probably depend on who they get paired against and how they match up. Um, will Camden Price get a scholarship? And what's the fate of Bubba Baxa? Well, we've talked a lot about Bubba tonight. Not really sure what's going to happen with him, whether he'll have a, a place on this team moving forward or not. I got to believe Manny's a big believer in fixing problems. I got to believe that they are going to be looking in the transfer portal for an established kicker that they, they can bring in and feel good about. Uh, if that happens, I'm not sure if Camden gets a scholarship and I'm not sure if Bubba's back. You know, we'll have to see. What's the deal with Mark Pope? Any signs of him being unhappy like last year? He's disappeared the past few weeks. 
Uh, I have never seen Mark Pope looking like he's unhappy. And, you know, I would say this year he's been playing, so he's had a little bit of a better bounce to his step. Um, I think he's starting to recognize that it's not about anybody else, that it's about him and, you know, what he needs to do to continue to progress as a college receiver. Uh, Has to continue to build muscle, gain weight. Um, I think he sees his high school teammate, D. Wiggins, starting to shine. And, you know, I think Pope just needs to keep his head down and keep working hard. You know, he'll be okay. It's just, it just hasn't been as easy. Probably could have used the redshirt year here. He's been mismanaged a little bit. But at this point, I would say just keep working hard and hope by, you know, your junior year, you can make a bigger contribution. How is UM supposed to win and become elite when local families claim their kids want to play for championships, but then go off to other schools? Uh, We've talked about that a lot tonight. It's a great question. Uh, I just can't see this program making a living on out-of-town recruits. I do not feel it is sustainable. I think something has to change in that regard. Uh, I think there's a disconnect between these local players and the local football community and the Canes for whatever reason that is. Um, They are not invested in Miami football the way they once were. That is one of the great challenges that Manny Diaz faces now that he's the head coach. He has to try to figure out ways to change that. Please explain how this culture is fixed other than just saying we need elite recruiters. I mean, you got to get people in the program who command respect, who can get out into the community and work on the problem. I'm not sure who that is and what's realistic at this point. I mean, I I like the idea that we've talked about over, over the last few weeks about a football GM in the athletic department, somebody like an Alonzo Highsmith who can go out in the community, who commands respect and, and sort of be an ambassador. Um, I, I think they badly need a couple guys on the coaching staff with real local recruiting ties. Um, but, you know, be, beyond that, you know, it's just, it's just continuing to work it and, and, and accept that it's a problem and attack it with the intensity that it deserves because it, it's unquestionably a big problem right now. And um, I can't believe that Manny Diaz is happy with, with how that part of the program is going. Um, would anything less than a NCAA tourney invite be a disappointment for Canes basketball this year? I wouldn't say that. I think that's going to be really tough. I mean, they still look a little light to me. Uh, I think the program's on the upswing. I think next year that unquestionably will be the goal. They have a le- legit center in-house and this year Brooks, he came as a transfer from Cincinnati, uh, a, a, a total man child. You're going to love this guy. Um, he looks like an NBA center and he's going to make an enormous difference next year. They have two, I'm going to say elite because they re- I really believe they are elite recruits. Um, two stud freshmen coming in in Matt Cross and Earl Timberlake uh, who are going to make a massive difference next year. And plus, you got Chris Likes, Cam Agusti back. The majority of this year's team is back, with the exception of DJ Vasilovich. So uh, things are looking up for basketball. You're going to have to have a little patience. They got derailed by that FBI mess. Um, but I think if they could just at least maybe get to the NIT this year, it would be an accomplishment. They don't necessarily look like a surefire NCAA team to me. Um, you know, they're going to have to finish in the top, say, seven or so of the ACC to get that done. And uh, we'll see what they look like in January, but I think that's going to be a little bit of an ambitious goal. All right, that covers the questions. Um, 
I see possibly Bermuda, Bermuda's back. Is that you, Bermuda? I'm trying. All right, that's you, you man. I thought it, you know, I thought it was you. It, it looked like a little funky, <laughs> uh, a funky zip code here yeah. on my board. And I said, you know what? I bet that's Bermuda calling from Australia. So, um, that's welcome to Kane Sport Live, man. Glad we got you on. What you got for us? You got, you got the last five minutes to yourself. All right, mate. Well, look, it's been a good show. It's good to finally talk to you. I um been following you from ever I, ever since I graduated around 93. So it was funny that Carlos was on tonight because um, when I was at UM, funnily enough, there was a few guys that I used to hang out with pretty close with um, a guy named Neil, you probably know, and Rusty, who they lived together with Dwayne. Um, they lived across from me. And they used to always try to sneak me into these parties they used to go to. And because I wasn't exactly half the size of them, every time I went into a party, they would always say that I was Carlos Huerta. So it's kind of funny that he was on the show. I think I oh, went to more parties pretending to be Carlos um, than I did any other way. But, um, yeah, so I've, I've kind of followed recruiting more than I've even followed the football side of it. And, um, you know, I, I see a lot of these po- uh, these callers. I mean, Ross cracks me up. I, I, had to, I was trying to think of something that you said that you really didn't just because I thought it was – I knew it was coming oh. at some point every week. There's so- yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he's really bad. I, I, I love Ross because I love his passion. <laughs> but, man, he, he hits yeah. me with that stuff constantly. Like just like – I think he like has dreams like about things I say. They're just really off the you wall. Said they're better – Wake Forest has more talent than Miami. I yeah, like, why would I ever say that? <laughs> but, um, but look, I mean, you know, in the day, like now I think it's so different recruiting from when, you know, back in 93 or whenever I was following you at first. You know, you get guys like Ray Lewis and nobody ever heard of him, you know, and you Ed Reed, like if we can get Ed Reed back then, we can get Ed Reed now. I mean, no way. I mean, everybody knows these kids' life stories now. It's, it's, it's you, you know what it was? Recruiting now. Like back then, recruiting wasn't covered the way it is now, so there were there were more secrets out there. And you would have like a coach exactly. like a Curtis, John, a Curtis Johnson would come into the program who was a very good coach, very good receivers coach, very yeah. good recruiter who was very well known in Louisiana. And he would uncover yeah. like an Ed Reed and a Reggie Wayne. And all he'd have to do exactly. is beat LSU, beat LSU for him. And nobody else knew about it, you know? So right. it's just That's different today. Everybody knows about every kid and uh, it's, it's a whole different ball game. And, and, and it's just, it's so different the program now, you know, I mean, I, I, I fundamentally, Every week, everybody's you know just slamming these coaches, and I, I agree with you. I think that Manny's got something that he's not up for, and it's a shame. I hope he comes through it. But the idea that these kids and coaches and handlers are getting jobs, and I mean, it is a really well-oiled machine. These kids couldn't even tell you where Clemson was before they started getting, you know, the, the Sammy Watkins, and then you know Sammy Watkins' best mate, you know, was going with him, and. And I mean, it's unbelievable. I read, I think I read yesterday, some Jerry Judy's moms now in Alabama, which is fine. I guess they go with them. And, but, you know, they, they have an organized network of people, businesses, everything, you know, and that's what Miami doesn't have. They don't have to break rules. I can hire whoever I want. I can hire somebody to come wash dishes for me. Yeah, she's entitled to move to Alabama to watch your son You're, play football. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I can hire her if I want And, to. you know, if she gets you know, a $75,000 a year job or whatever, all the power to her, you know. 
it's not against the rules, Gary. And this is what the problem is. And if, if, if people want to isolate it, and I know you, you skirt it, and I understand you skirt it, and I don't blame you, but the reality is there are ways to do this that other schools are, are, are doing, and, and they're following the rules. Um, and Miami isn't. And, and if, if Blake wants to, to do, fix the problem, they have to have a whole department. I'm talking 10, 15 guys in the recruiting, knowing the business owners, knowing the large donors, where, you know, who's doing this guy, Flo. I love that. Ross, he's Jamaican, so he knows that he came. He has Twitter, it means. But, um, <laughs> it's great. I'll give you the inside tip, Gary. <laughs> because I'm Jamaican. I love it. But, um, you know, this guy's got family in Miami, you know, and, you know, the, these are the things that you can do. I mean, I wish they, they'd organize it, mate, and I think that it could switch, but it's not going to switch until they com- – and I know we almost got the death penalty for taking kids on boats. So I understand that you got – Miami, if anybody, can't do stupid stuff, but doesn't mean we can't, you know, use the loopholes and be smart enough to do it like everybody else does. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, I know you're finishing. All right, Bermuda. Well, listen, hey, we're out of show for for tonight, but you're you're a great caller. So, like, I hope you call in again, and uh, I know what your what your call looks like on the board. So, um, please make sure you come on the show a little. little, You got to come on earlier next time. Well, three hours on my mobile, that'll be a fun bill from. uh, But anyway, it's worth it, mate. And uh, (laughs) no, no, now that I know it's you, when when I see you, I'll bring you on. (laughs) all the best, mate. All right, mate. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, yeah. guys, that's going to be it for tonight. I um, want to thank everybody who called in. Great show. I uh, want to thank Sicilian Oven. Uh, you know the six locations. Uh, Plantation, Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs, Boca Raton, um, Fort Lauderdale, Aventura. Uh, go to SicilianOven.com, and you can find the, the nearest location to you. Uh, check out their menu. You will not be sorry. Sicilian Oven, SicilianOven.com. You'll not only love the taste, you'll taste the love. I want to thank Carlos Huerta for joining us tonight. That offer stands, Bubba. Carlos if, says if you're interested, you come on out to Las Vegas. He will give you his time, and he will try as hard as he can to straighten out that stroke that's gone haywire on you and maybe help you maybe be, rebuild some of that confidence and Start believing in yourself again if it's not too late here at Miami. Um, We'll be back next Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, and we're going to have a little bit of a different kind of show because it's an open week. We are going to break down the team, look to the future, and um, Matt Shodell is going to join me, and we're going to do we're going to do that, and then we'll um, we'll do the offense. We'll take some of your calls. We'll do the defense. We'll take more of your calls and uh, just kind of look at where the roster stands going into next year and how recruiting is going and how uh, kids that are signing might impact next year's team and that. So we'll take a little bit of a forward look on next year's show. I mean, next, not next year, next week's show. And I uh, hope you look forward to that. So that'll be it for tonight. And uh, until next week, no game this week, so I won't see you at the stadium. So until next Tuesday night, I'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>